I'm so sorry. That's on my. That's my fault. What's up, heavy metal over six pack? Podcast. I don't. I don't know. I think my my. You know what's up? The volume button, Marcus. Yeah, that's what's that's... up. <laughs> well, that, that was the uh, uh... that was the experience that we give our our listeners. Yeah, yeah. It's loud and epic. <laughs> sure. Okay, everybody was like all chatty like three seconds ago, and like. Now well, now I'm you're like, recording. We don't I... want to talk. Well, you Get blew it. my brain out with the the headphones. All right, so this is a cool day. We have um, not Actually, only it's pretty uh, hot and humid. It is. It's actually quite humid right now. Yeah, it's not so bad down here. He's not wrong. We're on basement level, but um, it's a pretty cool day. Like we got our like our three regular dudes. You got myself. You got Anthony. You got um, Dave. Myself being Marcus and uh, TC Polk decided to show up. Yeah. What's up, TC? It's weird hearing Anthony because that's actually my real name. Oh, it's it interesting. Kind of double take for a second. Huh. Well, that's. I don't. I, huh. Let's get I think, into. I that. thought we've had this conversation. Yeah. We, let's talk about this. <laughs> Who hurt you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, we we don't get it. we Just don't think about things in the basement. We, we uh we don't we don't. <laughs> I, I have one question for our guest. Mm. Why are you? <laughs> it's very deep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would go with I? yes. Yes. I? I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> I don't know why I, I am. I have a belly button. <laughs> oh, ah, you never heard that line before. Very All right, funny. so despite the fact that we have like a uh, we have a guest with us today, we're gonna uh, we're gonna carry on with like our regular nonsense, and then like maybe later, like we'll just like throw an instrument at him. We'll just make him play shit. This is a, he, he may or may not want to. This is a pretty interesting episode, though. We're gonna we're gonna cover. It could some, be a pretty interesting. Some episode. pretty clickable things. I grew up I grew up with uh, the whole word of mouth thing from like playing at campfires. I'm kind of used to that. All right, sweet. Sweet. That's how people get to know me. Oh, yeah, you're that kid that was playing at the campfire last week. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I we didn't like even invite you to that <clears throat> fire, and you I showed up like... and just started playing. <laughs> he said kumbaya, and you were like, fuck all you. And I was like, yeah, that was definitely me. Okay, so I actually <laughs> threw out there, though, we have TC Polk like, with us. But TC, like, maybe we should talk like a little bit about your resume. Like, Where, where, where can the people find your yeah. musical like, expertise your resume. right now? Right now? Oh, Jesus. Well, like, without getting like too deep, like just, you know, like whatever you would want to plug right now. Um, the best places, I guess, to uh, to find anything. I mean, you can go uh, check out the uh, Public Hall Life, my system of a down tribute band. They're lame. On uh, <laughs> no, they're pretty, they're pretty awesome. Except that we uh, made you guys like miss half of the tool tribute last year, the snowbound throwdown. Which, how much does that suck? That we didn't get to do that this year. Yeah, that sucks. <sighs> we Thanks, can, so, COVID. We can, yeah, we can talk. Thanks, about Obama. We'll, we'll talk about current <laughs> events later. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Oh man. So yeah, System of a Down tribute. I um, I'm basically your friendly neighborhood search tanking in that band, but I do you know I play guitar in the band. I do some keyboard, 
And uh, you can check us out on Facebook. It's uh, I think the direct URL is facebook.com slash bullet call life band, I believe. But you can just search us on there, and there's like bullet called life. Correct me if I'm wrong. You guys are like the only system of a down tribute band. In Not anymore. When we first started, there well, was what no, a bunch of copycats. I don't I don't know if um, you know the uh, the cocky side wants to believe that we like <clears throat> did it, and people are like, well, I guess people can do that, and like just started doing it. That that would be a cool thing if we like inspired other people to actually do it. But uh, recently, we saw that. Um, I think it was last year, the end of last year, we saw that this new system of a down tribute band from maybe, um, I want to say they're from like California or somewhere, somewhere warmer than here anyway. They, uh, Argentina. We had had this idea for the longest time, the, the drummer, uh, Chris Doobie, he's been pushing for us to do the Toxicity album from front to back at a show. Just let's learn the rest of the album and do that because it would be cool. That was their most popular record. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, the second we heard of these guys was because somebody posted on one of our, maybe my timeline or someone's timeline, that these guys, out of nowhere, never even knew they existed. And all of a sudden, they're doing that. They got a show, and they're doing Toxicity <clears throat> front to back. <laughs> and, like, you know, they couldn't have ripped this off because we didn't talk about it right. publicly. But yes, it was just kind of yeah. ironic, you know, mm-hmm. that uh, that's what they chose to do. We're like, son of a bitch, Dewey's <laughs> going to be pissed. Yeah, the crazy amount of ESP involved in that. I know. Yeah, see? That's the, that's the, the human... X factor. We all share one think tank. <laughs> we all share a bathroom? Uh, we, we can. can. It's over there. I mean, technically we do. Right well, now. right now, yeah, we do. Like I said, we don't pee in the fridge anymore. So That's good if news. the light's on, it's it's not because you open yes, the door. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> TC, you do a lot of solo stuff, though, though however. Ish. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been performing solo, like doing covers for years um i do have some originals but i never went uh really hardcore with the acoustic original thing something i experimented with when i was younger and uh came up with a really a couple of really good songs that people really liked and kind of just left it alone i guess from there i don't really know yeah i was gonna say it's why not particular not a, wasn't a, a huge particular interest of mine couldn't really figure out and this is a story of my life not being able to figure out exactly what genre i wanted to do um, the closest I ever got to that was the stuff that I was telling you about, Mark, the uh, myopic. I had recorded, a, um, and there was probably like four or five songs total, but I recorded a two-song demo with uh, uh, Dinitwit Productions. That's uh, Mark Danito. Uh, he was like a mobile studio. He came to my house, recorded two songs, and, uh, <clears throat> and uh, that stuff was really cool. That was like, um, speaking of Breaking Benjamin, I... Part of the groove of it kind of reminded me of Breaking Benjamin, but then I have sort of a higher um, timbre voice, so vocally I compared it to like Linkin Park. But the overall feel and lyrically um, seemed to reflect a lot of uh, Incubus, I guess you could say. Incubus. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. They were the guys I started listening to because actually the uh, the lyrical content reminded me of you know a lot of the ways that I thought and, and ways that I wrote. So I get, it's funny when I get called out for it. It kind of reminds me of Incubus. It's like, well, I actually started listening to them because of the similarities of the, mm. you know, uh, train of thought, I suppose you could say. Interesting. TC, you still involved with that project? Um, the, the God, the name is, like, escaping me for, like, whatever reason. Uh, the the bassist from uh, Radio Flyer. Oh, Alan's Friends. Um, Alan's Friends, yes. Uh, no, actually, that... Okay, kinda, sorry, I brought it up. No, that's okay. It, <laughs> no, no, no. It's all right. It, um, 
it kind of just um i think it just drifted away i don't know you know i, I don't really know what to say but there was no hard feelings or anything it's just uh there was uh, just a lull, and then um, you're doing it Monday. I, just woke up Tuesday, and we weren't doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kirk, Kirk, uh, Kirk, the uh, the main writer and singer, Kirk Sabriga, a uh, very talented guy. He just, uh, you know, I think he knew that I was kind of moving along, and he just, he actually ended up back with a couple of the original members of the band that uh, inspired it from the '90s called Tricycle, and those guys, the drummer and the. Uh, the guitar player, uh, I'm trying to remember their names, um, Mike uh, Lacouillet and uh, Todd something, I can't remember his last name, but uh, they ended up joining back up with him, which is great because he'd always <clears throat> spoke very highly of them, so um, that I know of, they've released at least one music video since I was in the band, and uh, definitely check those guys out, it's uh, A-L-E-N-Z-F-R-E-N-Z, and um we had some pretty good big productions, especially the first um, release we came out with was uh, No More Saturday Nights, and that was a expensive production. We mm. had um, <clears throat> the main girl in the video uh, went on the next year to win Miss Massachusetts. Nice. Uh, Alyssa, Alyssa Musto, yeah. She's also a very talented singer-songwriter, pianist. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead with the jokes. Pianist? I was waiting. I was waiting. For what? <clears throat> <laughs> we're we're all serious here. Don't act like you. Yeah, we're know. adults here. We don't. What were you, were you expecting us to make a joke about pianist? <clears throat> Kinda. It's a, it's a real profession. Like the the plural form of penis. <laughs> Penist. <laughs> we wouldn't make that joke. Ask we're the, above that. As for the devil and he appears. <laughs> I was trying to put that together like uh, grammatically and just <laughs> uh, in a minute. And. Uh, it just stole every bit of wit from my brain. Sorry. Yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, that's well, what happens every time I talk. That's actually talent, man. If you can, if you can pull the wit from my brain, where I can't say shit. Then yeah, we'll we'll, right. su- we'll suck the life out of anybody. Don't, like, <laughs> I don't leave like people dumbfounded us. often. Don't threaten us with a good time. I'm sorry you're like the only one sitting on that side of the table. Like I feel like this is like very confrontational. This is like a promotion it's like board an interview. Heavy metal and a dick joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Heavy metal over a dick pack. Uh, nope. uh, okay. Dick now it's getting weird. All right, <laughs> moving on. It was never right, so, so anyway, that's our, that's our that's a that's a random voice that you're gonna hear like every so often. We're gonna, so like he probably knows nothing about music. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> at all. <laughs> Clearly not experienced whatsoever. Yeah, it's not like about, we, are we talking about me or him. It's not like we bring yes a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good spread. I get that a lot. Oh, god damn it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> At least today's episode is going to be good. Today's episode, kids, we are going to talk about the letter C. Certain. I think we're going to do we're going to news news first. I think, right? Let's do news first. Certain things. That's what we're going to do. On Heavy metal headlines. <laughs> Heavy metal headlines. I'm going to put a pause right here. Heavy metal headlines. Right, now we can do heavy metal headlines because I put a pause. There. Notice I did that when I. Do you expect? <laughs> yeah, when it wasn't recording. <laughs> yeah. Do you expect anything else from me though? No. <laughs> Maybe. TC, I don't expect that you've ever like listened to the show before. So like, what our heavy metal headlines are? We take a uh, we take uh, fun articles from like the uh, music world and we discuss them. Okay, I'm down. Yes. Yeah, Game so on. Completely lame. So Let's... no, I have not. I have not actually um, gotten to listen much aside from I did listen front to back to the one. Thanks for being a fan, back. buddy. Let's move on with our day. <laughs> <laughs> This guy. <clears throat> we appreciate all of our listeners, especially when you don't listen. 
What? <laughs> I feel like that's what most of our followers do. Huh? Oh, it's a podcast. I thought I was just here for memes. Dude, podcasts are like so 2012. Oh, man. Like, you guys are like totally late for the game. Anthony, I'm ready if you are. Go ahead. Buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you want me to go first? Heavy metal headlines. That was weird. That was pretty good. How'd you make that weird? <laughs> How'd you make that? Um, how'd you make that voice? Though? I don't know. It wasn't me. It was the demon. No. I have. I have two. Two newses. Two newses. Did I hear you say that. Two. Two newses. Two newses. News I. News. A. Do you want to talk about video games or Howard Jones? Yes. Howard Jones. Okay. Massachusetts native. Uh. So. On the other end of Howard Jones. Gross. Uh, <laughs> you have the YouTuber Jared Dines, <clears throat> who's been very popular around. Um, former Kill Switch Engage, Howard Jones, and said Jared Dines have been collaborating for a new project. Oh. According to Dines, the seven songs deep in the writing and the cuts sound like Howard era Kill Switch Engage. Which makes nice. sense because if you haven't heard Jared's guitar style, I mean, it's. Yeah, it's, it's pretty in similar that realm of, of, yeah. of Adam. Him and Adam could hang. I'd love um, to see them working on something. Howard together. propelled. Yeah, that's not important because we know about the end of heartache. Um, it essentially, really that's that's pretty much it at the moment. Um, so that's seven songs that's just kind of hanging out. That could be a thing. Who knows what's going on right now with everything? Yeah, right. People are just making shit to make shit. I mean, we have to. Like everybody who makes music, kind of has to make music right now. We don't have a choice. You can't perform anywhere. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's Jared Dines, right, from Correct. YouTube? Yep. His, his videos are phenomenal. Yes. He does a very good like, job. Like, I love his videos, especially, like, his, like, mashups, like, where he does, like, the, like the different style of guitarists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. The, uh, That's, that was his bread and butter of getting um, recognized, I think. Um, but what I like is um, he'll do things like, here's a tablature, and you have... Yeah, with the other people. You yeah. have four bars to come up with uh, a guitar part. However you want to make the rhythms, like, he won't put rhythms. He just puts a tablature. Mm -hmm. And then he'll feature, like, a whole bunch of different musicians just mm -hmm. trying to put this. It's really interesting to hear, like, people's different takes on yep. uh, how right. to put that yeah. together from the back in a lot his. of time. Yeah, he'll show his at the end, too, what yes, he exactly, actually wrote exactly. and how different it can actually, which is He's crazy cool. talented. He's very he's, cool. Yeah, he's, he's a multi-instrumentalist singer. He's just he, He's crazy. actually, like, the full package because, like, he has, like, the thing. Like, he's crazy talented, but he also has, like, that, like, visual appeal like I can put on, he, like he can do a video that's actually like entertaining to watch because like he's that character, mm -hmm. like he's yeah. like he's like a, like you know, I, yeah. No, he's, he's, there's he's, a word that there's a word that I'm searching for. It's just not coming to mind. But like he's he's got that showmanship about him, right. where like he's actually really entertaining to watch, he and is. that's probably why his YouTube is like so freaking awesome. Like just every time he don't ask anybody from Rings of Saturn what they think of him. Now correct me if I'm wrong. He actually has covers out there too, doesn't he? Yes, mm -hmm. he's got a few. I yeah, you're like right. like I, I a couple like heavy metal pop covers. Who was he playing with? Was he playing with Breaking um, Benjamin? So well, they did a break. So they did as a ten second song guy. I forget his oh, name. Oh yeah yeah yeah. But they did a version of Bad Guy by Billy Ellish, but they did it in the form of Breaking Benjamin. Mm -hmm. That guy's awesome, by the way. That's yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's yeah, super he's, talented. He's wicked so talented. They, so they made it. It's it's really well done. It's not a Spotify thing because obviously copyrights, but it's it's. You can YouTube any yeah. of their, their stuff. I actually loved that song. And then you listen to the Billie Eilish version, and you're like, wow, <laughs> I don't like music anymore. No, I, I want to go to sleep. 
Now, I love impersonating singers. It's one of my favorite things to do. I mean, impressions in general, but that 10-second song guy, like, he made me, like, revamp everything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, He's very talented. I'm like, I'm, a, I'm pretty good. This guy's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. <clears throat> um, cool. He, uh, fun side, also, Jared Dines did an, uh, two songs with uh, Matt Heafy of Trivium. Yes. So nice. That's a fun fact. That's yeah, Jared's cool. been floating around the music industry to different bands yeah. recently. Hey, just floating around waiting to like attach to somebody. Be like, hey, somebody take me with you. Well, that's yeah, the right? times we live in is like, um, you know, YouTube has brought uh, a completely different, you know, aspect of uh, or avenue, I guess, to meeting up with all these people that had, you know, gotten um, big maybe before in the, uh, I guess, the old school way you can call it now. Right. So, you know, it's like one of my um, one of my favorite rappers, Little Dicky, mm-hmm. like one of his first releases he did with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Was just because he had gotten so much notoriety from this first video that he did, which let me give you the premise of this really quick. He uh, he had an idea because he's he's a he's a Jewish white rapper, right? And he totally owns this whole thing. His yep. rap name's a dick joke. It's hilarious. So he had this idea. It was called "Save That Money." Was the name of the song, and he basically went around a like nine hundred two one zero type neighborhood. I don't know exactly where it was. But he just went knocking on people's doors like, can I use your house for like 15 minutes for my rap video? And words started getting around in like the couple of maybe like day, I think it was like one day he was going around doing this. And he was getting like text messages from like basketball players and like all these famous rappers and stuff. And they all ended up being in this video. So it got obviously <laughs> huge. Yeah. So like his second release was, uh, it was a song called Professional Rapper and the premise was uh, he was trying out for a job and the CEO of the company was Snoop Dogg. And it was all about like how he could, how little Dicky could bring like uh, a new aspect of uh, rap to the rap table, and it was just awesome. The whole thing's awesome. But there's yeah, there's a lot of artists that are doing that now. They're kind of reaching outside the box and using technology to their advantage to make all these connections and stuff with people who are already in the industry. And then these people in the industry love it because it's a fresh set of voice or mm-hmm. fingers or on a guitar or whatever, like. The, it's it's something fresh and something new in the scene, and like people just jump on it. I and think they don't have to get out their couch to find it. Right. Yeah. That's they true. Just yeah. Sit there with their laptop. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, what's trending? Hmm. Well, that, I mean, that's how a lot of bands are found, too. There's a band called The Who, or H U. I don't remember how you say it. But they're like a tribal kind of like. Oh, yeah. The uh, the Pacific ones? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they have a song with Jacoby yeah. from Papa Roach, and that was kind of like, they're, you know, it's one of those little pushes. But it's it's neat because you you get it from both ends because like yeah. you said they get to do something a little different right and you they get the exposure as well from the the lower end. Well, I think it's cool as like an artist who's made it to be mm-hmm. one of those people that like kind of turns around and pulls other artists up, you right. know, like hey, come up to my level, bro. Like I see something in you. Like I see your talent. I see your work ethic. I hear your music. I love your sound. Like mm-hmm. let's do this together. You know, kind of. I, I just I love that stuff, man. I mean, look at Howard Jones in general. I mean. Dude, I kill switch uh, alone. Man. I mean, that was huge for him. It was. You know what I mean? Like, I love Howard Jones. I think he's super underrated. It, like, if I could do a tribute episode to just Howard Jones, I would. Light the torch is great. It's we could do that. awesome. We could totally do a, a Howard Jones Howard tribute Jones. episode. We, we could just probably gotta, re- we, we could we probably reach gotta, out to him we too. We just gotta get him on here. Yeah, that's all. Let me let me yeah, work my magic. If he, if let me does, see. Yeah, if he doesn't call in, like deal the bets off. I'll uh, I'll I'll do my best to to find out where he's at and reach out to him. Be like, hey, bro, come do an in studio interview with us. Tell us what you think. <laughs> See, you're still working on that. I like that. That's, <laughs> I don't going know. For, it's like for, a going for the evil. 
testing right. it out on the podcast before you go like live with it. I like that. <laughs> I'd never do that in a song. <sighs> All right, we're live. <laughs> oh, good. Hey, just starting like, me. like starting like right now. We're we're twenty minutes late, just like me. <laughs> um. What's up, live audience? Hello. Well, I was like audience. trying to pay attention to the conversation as well. As, oh, you, you know, did you did so good. Director, producer, proud talent at the same time. Like this I'm, a, I'm actually pretty excited to find out what that project sounds like between yep. Jared Dines and Howard Jones. I will listen to all seven songs. I legitimately will. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man. Uh, Marcus, do you have any news? I, I got a quick one. one if you want me to break up your, your two stories. Sure, we'd love that. All right, so my, uh, my, my, I, I talked, I talk about this gentleman like he's my binky every so often. Mr. Uh, Corey Taylor reveals his backing band for his solo album. Says overall vibe is in quotations fun. A fun vibe from Corey Taylor. Fun. So much fun. Is he like punching fans and burning things? All right, so it looks like it's gonna. <laughs> it looks like it's gonna be a. Uh, it's gonna be a five piece. It's gonna be a five piece for Corey Taylor's uh, ah, solo that's album. Like, that's six. That's like minus four. Now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have. Who's gonna be banging kegs? Taylor revealed the album will feature about 13 songs, even though the band plans to record about 25. Uh, the album is about 98 to 99% ready. Uh, we did 13 originals, 13 covers, and then we did six acoustic versions of the originals. That's not 25. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's 31, Corey. That's semantics. Um, no, that's toilet paper, man. He does say the next sentence, or maybe it's five. You can never keep that straight. But okay, so either way, ado, it's more than twenty-five. Without further, bro. without further ado, um, he, he selected two guitarists for a solo project. The first one is going to be Christian Mart Martucci of Stone Sour. Wow. Of course. Oh, is it going to be Jim Root? How do you find one? him? <laughs> so opposing Jim Root, apparently. In Jim other Root. news, the lead singer of Pussifer is Green the <laughs> second guitarist of said solo project is going to be a gentleman, excuse me, by the name of Zach Throne. Who has no accreditations? None. You got a at cool all. name though. So that, yeah, he totally has like a rock star name. It's probably yeah. like completely made up. Zach <laughs> Throne. Um, his bass player is going to come from the band Prong. Jason Christopher. Interesting. He has two wow. first names. I'm intrigued about this drummer. I want to know who he picked for drums. All right. So one, <clears throat> Dustin Schoenhuffer of this is actually very interesting. Walls of Jericho. Okay. He went local, well, local to us, I guess, technically, right? Was Jericho's local to us? Are they? I don't know. I thought they were. You said it, so I'm, I'm going with it as, as if it's fact. I don't know. Chris Jericho's everywhere, and his Walls of Jericho finishing maneuver to mission is Not to be confused with the TV show all over the place. Dude, that show was good. They canceled that bad. show way too bad. early. It wasn't terrible. It I had Skeet like... Ulrich in it, though, so that's why people didn't like it. All right, exact quote from Mr. Corey Taylor. It's everything I wanted it to be. There's something Slade in there. There's some Johnny Cash. There's some Allison Chains. I mean, big Ooh. choruses, fun rock, just huge solos, huge solos. It's incredible. I actually, nope. two years ago, started teaching myself piano just so I can record this song that I wrote for my wife. And I was able to play it and record it, and it's really good. It's hey, probably one of the now. best things I have ever written. See, mm. I feel like that's a bit subjective because obviously a wife is going to love any song written for her. <laughs> this is the best song I've ever written. She told me. My mom tells me I'm handsome, too. I'm the most handsome guy in the crowd. <laughs> Last quote I'll say. Taylor also discussed the overall vibe of the album. The overall vibe of the album, the album is fun. It is a party. You put this on when you want to feel good. So there are actually two songs that we're thinking about releasing at the same time. There's one that it, 
is the overall crusher single really great huge chorus big five and then there's another one that is just as fun on the completely other end of the spectrum that people are going to hear and they are going to lose their minds we're going to find out that the album is actually named fun <laughs> yeah so you know what i actually take from this i actually wonder if like this is going to be like a completely different direction for like everything that he's done like with like slipknot and stone sour stone sour where yeah. it's like it's not necessarily stone like sour a, with cakes. a bad relationship or like a crushing life experience like kind stone of thing. sour not it's like <laughs> no not stone sour <laughs> Like K N O T, not Stone Sour. Not is, is a not new band. <laughs> it's not not. I'll tell you what. Anything that Corey Taylor like puts out on his own, because it, you know the whole the whole rock and metal world like goes to Corey Taylor. It's like, what would Corey Taylor do? I like kind him. of a thing. <laughs> like, so if something comes out, like somebody goes to ask like what Corey Taylor thinks about it, like kind of a thing. So this is like this uh, this article was on MetalInjection.net, <clears> and <throat> I don't know. It's like. Anytime you put like mad hype onto something, it's like it just sets you up for mad disappointment. Uh, not everything is Chinese democracy, but oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I will, uh, I will go. Yeah, I will go because I generally enjoy Corey Taylor, so I will go anything Corey Taylor related, like with an open mind. But I'm a little worried. I'm worried when people say it's the best thing I've ever written because that puts yeah. a bar very high, especially right. for him of all people. Right. Right. You could just be like completely like losing your mind. I mean, like how many times has like James Maynard Keenan like like sat in like the valleys of like Arizona and come up with like some 13 minute bongo <laughs> fucking song with like goats and shit playing? I remember like... when. Um... Has anybody ever seen the movie Walking Walk Hard? With Johnny K? Walk? No. No, that's Walk Pull Nine. Um, it's a knockoff of Walk the Line. It's like the comedy. It's like the not another teen <laughs> I, movie I version of Walk actually, the Line, no, and I've never seen it because of uh, John Riley. Well, it's too bad because like there's a, there's a song in that where like he adds like all of these weird elements because he's trying to come up with like the perfect song and like there's like there's like Indian freaking people like doing like choruses and oh, so like Bohemian Rhapsody essentially, ish but more extreme. <clears throat> The world's biggest, like, mishmash of, like, random genius that who would have ever thought. But, did you watch that movie? Did you see, um... Bohemian Rhapsody? Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. 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 I saw Bohemian Rhapsody. The producer's like, what the hell are you even talking <laughs> like, about no. in that song? He's like, well, darling, that's, you know... So it's what you, you know, you, you, how you look at the words or however the... I'm terrible at his accent. <laughs> but he's basically Odd saying it's all how, how you interpret the words. And nobody ever knew what the song meant. They just thought it was awesome because mm-hmm. it was like so many different, like strange random elements they never heard before. There's a lot of times where that works and like way more times when that just bombs. Whereas yeah, people I, are like, hey, I got this cool new sound. It's a uh, Spongle metal. That that um that song actually uh, you know Mr. Bungle. A, a huge example of how, and I don't know how much of it was deliberate, but how much of a like musical genius Freddie Mercury mm-hmm. was. You know, he just um, he knew things about you know theory and, and modulations and all this like field change stuff that. Right. I mean, even, I've, only, I've only even tried to scratch the surface on, and I'm pretty I even myself very knowledgeable when it comes to theory. You know? Even something simple as like layering. 
Yeah. Like, just, like, layer this, right. layer this. Do well, it I, again. Loved, yeah. do I it actually again. loved all the footage, um, or all, even, in the, you know, the movie where um, they're trying all the different things in the studio to get the sounds that they want. Higher. Yeah. You want to do a higher? <laughs> I can't go like, any higher. My balls like, are in my throat right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, they're, like, going, they're using props and stuff mm-hmm. to make different sounds, and they're just experimenting. And I do this stuff, like, at home when I'm, <clears throat> when I'm recording, too. I try different things to try to uh, implement a different feel or sound. Yeah. I mean, one of the ones that always sticks out to me is uh, Pantera. Uh, they have this song. God, I can't <coughs> believe it just fell out of my brain. <laughs> I hate when that happens because I'm just talking about it. Um, there's slower one there. Walk. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, oh, my God. Wow, I can't believe Oh, Floods. Excuse me, floods. So at the very end of floods, there's like a rainstorm sound at the end. So what happened is actually it was raining outside the day they recorded it. So the producer just opened the door. Nice. And that's how they got the sound of the rain because it just Hell came yeah. in. It's I just want to take a sec to uh, point out. Uh, I wish I, you guys could see the, the chat from this so we could address people. But <clears throat> guys, if I don't address you directly, it's just because I don't want to. We got a lot of conversation going on here. So that's I don't wanna, fine. I don't want to infringe on the show as much as I am, you know, trying to be a part of it. So. Uh, and I'm speaking to the people in my uh, in my live stream right now that have commented okay. a little bit. But I, cool. I will try. If they bring up a point, I will try to uh, implement it. You know. I mean, you can call out whatever they're saying if you want to. Yeah, I just I mean, if somebody see, says I like I look like ugly, like whatever. You're the farthest. <laughs> whatever. You're the farthest from the camera, exactly. So. Yeah, you're just a black man. <laughs> There's a reason. For, no, you're the unlocked <laughs> character. But yeah, I I will try to call out things people say and stuff like that. So, um, but without you know. Do we ne- we never had a, like a live audience like reaction before. It's like, usually like, be a part. Like, I, I wish I almost wish I brought one of my monitors or something so I could, oh, you don't. know, have it. Uh, no, don't worry. You guys could see it. The less we, the less we know, the better because we'll be like, what'd they say? <laughs> what did Jerry from Iowa just say yeah. to me? What's that guy said? Go actually, back to your uh, factory work. Brad McGain confirmed it was a spoof of Block the Line. Hey, what's up, Bradley? Yeah. What's up, kid? Mr. McGain. Hello. Tune into the episode once we post it. You're going to see it live now, but it's going to be posted later, and you should still check it out. With zero editing. Z- some. Some editing. <laughs> some? There's some. Please. Uh. And by some, I mean Sometimes. <laughs> All right, Corey Taylor, Corey Taylor, backing band for a solo. Album. Good, good. Super duper. Uh, I got one Moving more. on. This is a video game-based one. Uh, so recently, the game The Last of Us Part 2 was released. a zombie game? No, not really. I don't know uh, what it is. I've so never played it. Whatever. It sounds very zombie-ish. <laughs> right? So essentially, if anyone out there has played the game, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So there is a part uh, where Ellie, the main character, is given a guitar to play. Using said PS4 controller, you're able to piece together chords and finger picking into something resembling a song. Sounds like a lot of effort, and most players don't really bother to actually play anything. But the man or woman with the name of Knots with Foxy, he has created Metallica's "Nothing Else Matters" in the game. So it's actually like it's, and I've listened to it. I'll, I'll have Marcus have you know put the the link for it, but it's it's pretty on point. The fact that they went in and actually, like, learned how to do it with the buttons in it. So it's obviously a lot different than playing a real guitar. But it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty impressive. It's neat. I would play it through here, but Metallica would probably sue us. So let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, we can't, we can't afford it. Yeah, those, those, that's one of those bands you don't, don't take chances. Nope. I can see myself. Mars. That guy. Lars. 
Good lord. Oh, oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Weird. I can't make it stop. Okay. Sorry. Oh, are you trying to watch the, uh, are you throwing up the, uh, I made, the live stream? I made a mistake. There's like a 30 second delay usually, right? Yeah. You know, actually that's a good idea. If you guys pull up the page, but you, mm. um, you mute the sound, you can look at this, the chat stream. TC, I was trying, but I, I couldn't go, I yeah, couldn't just, just turn, um, I couldn't just let that happen. Just turn the, uh, turn the sound off. I understand, know. dude. I'm sorry. You know the things. You know the I, things. I, I, I know things. God, I hate things. Brad said it was, uh, you guys sound garbled, so I had to turn down the volume. Th thanks, Brad. Is it better or does it sound face. optimal now? He says, he says it sounds better. Thanks, Brad. But I Appreciate want it. optimal, so. So. <laughs> it sounds less than subpar. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're shooting for here. <laughs> what are we doing? Blech. What are you doing, pal? What's going on? What are I'm, you I'm, doing, I'm, hey? I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm infatuated now because like I'm on TV. So <laughs> I'm just looking at myself, and I'm not even on TV. I'm like the guy in like the weird black corner. <laughs> we have, uh, we have any more news stories? No. Okay. Good. I don't have news stories. Jump right mm -hmm. into our main event. Our half a main event. Yeah, main event. Let's do this main event. Nice. All right, let me put a pause here. Okay, then Officer Todd presents initial release 180s. Said no uh, editing. I'm editing on the fly. We didn't. I'm editing on the fly. <laughs> oh, I edited so much stuff. Eddie, do you want to introduce our main event? Do I? Or do you want me to introduce I'm gonna, our main I'll event? I'll do it. Okay. So, uh, the idea that we came up with is essentially uh, in certain situations, you'll have a band who has album or a few albums. And they have their quote-unquote sound. And all of a sudden, there's another album that comes up, and you're not sure what happened. Same band. Yeah. But it's either zero to a hundred in one direction or the other, even if it's a full genre change. Yeah. Like, it's it's one of those things that's it throws yeah. people off. So I thought it'd be cool if, if we... I mean, we, we, we know a lot of the bigger ones. Um... You know, like the Black Album. You know, you know, like the big, big ones. Right. But some of the uh, the, the more less known ones are ones you know from an opinion standpoint to kind of bring up that we've we've caught on and talk about it a little bit, whatnot. That's what we're gonna do. Ed Zachary. Just like that. I just want to throw that to that. the people in chat. If you want, I just want to throw out some ideas for that. Yeah, yeah we can. We'll, yeah. Oh, definitely. now it's not loud enough. Okay. Shut up, Brad. Uh -huh. <laughs> What's so, the fudge, man? So a recap of um, recap of what we were it just talking Brad. about. Mark, it's, you're um, garbled. Mark is garbled. Mark is garbled. Marcus has been drinking. Garbled. So bands from first album to second that had huge. Doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter which album. album it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so um, what we're going to be talking about is bands. Uh, just oh, in case my live stream wasn't loud enough, bands that. Uh, from one album to the next, had a huge like genre or sound change, like yes. a, like a notable. Or just extreme change. So if you guys here in chat on my live stream have any ideas, please throw them out there. Please uh, include the uh, two albums in question, or at least you know uh, something that gives us an idea. Now, as we get into this, I'm actually excited that you're here, TC, because like you'll actually know like a little bit about like one of the bands that I actually wanted to talk about. But I'm not going to start with them. Okay. But one of the things that like I I thought, and I was telling Anthony like before we actually like got on the air, that I thought was interesting. Like you know this is. This is an interesting topic because you know what? Sometimes, like a band in like its raw form, like 
you their initial release is going to be like their initial influences their initial like kind of like target it's usually like very raw like i think i think back to like local bands like reveille that had like a very raw like kind of the classic case of a band that, <clears throat> that uh you can tell that they were sort of infant time when they first came out second album comes out and the writing kind of comes together a little bit more well there's that and there's also like a couple of, there's a couple extra dollars because like you made it to your second album so now you actually have like some production quality like kind of a thing and like things start to clean up a little bit like things uh, start to get like a little bit sharper I just actually had a good point but i don't even know if i can say it because I'm, i don't know if i'm supposed to know <laughs> So, right. it's, it's all right. So, Ooh, uh, local dirt. Please. I'll just, uh, I'll just say, I'll just say, I'll, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's not too much. But I mean, it shouldn't be a big deal. But it's funny you mentioned Reveille because they actually, uh, I won't talk about how much, but um, I've heard, I've heard um, that their first Sorry. album was considerably more expensive than their second, which is ironic because I remember um, when the album first, the first album first came out, I messaged one of the guys in the band and said, hey, just heard it on AAF, sounds great. And he's like, no, actually, it really doesn't sound that great. <laughs> like, they were not really happy with it, from what I understood. But, and uh, and you can hear, and then the second album came out, and the production, I mean, first album was very dry, just not a lot of ideas put into it. It's like they just kind of engineered it. Like, they didn't really produce it. The second album, um, was it uh, Bleed the Sky? Was it? Yes, yeah, Bleed the Sky. Uh, that yes. came out, and I mean, Jesus, it was production everywhere. I mean, Drew, you know, Drew Similaris went from that simple sort of rapping format to like, I remember asking one of the guys like if he had been listening to Eminem before <laughs> they, before they recorded that record, and they're like, actually, yeah, or at least from what I remember, like you said, I, I almost want to say like allegedly before everything. So not, I don't like allegedly. Anybody, <laughs> this, this is, is not what fact. I remember. This is from what I remember, and and you know, from what unborn, may or may not unborn, and modified liar, like my two favorite songs, like probably from. Like yeah, Reveille. I like. I mean, honestly, I like. I like a lot of the stuff off the second record. It's um, really well done, and Drew actually did a little bit of singing, which is cool on the record. And um, so, you know, it was just much more well put together for a lot less money, from from what I've understood. So yeah, interesting how that works. That's a kind of weird thing in the industry where like notoriety gets you like the dollar sign, but it doesn't necessarily mean talent. Like I've seen a lot of guys. They're like, oh, I got my album produced by so and so, and then you listen well, to it and you're like, well, doesn't it make you wonder though? Like, are you paying for like equipment or are you paying for actual quality of sound? No, <laughs> you're literally you're literally for... usually paying for the name of who's attached to it. And that's... I can't, I don't remember the producers' names that were on those first two albums, those only two albums. But uh, someone, m- m- Brad's saying that he can't hear you, Mark. <laughs> now he's just now he's just being just facetious. you though. Is there something uh, about the way no, this is coming out? He's just he's targeting Mark because Mark made that comment about him earlier. <laughs> but I can hear him fine. The headphones. That's yeah, we can all hear him fine. Are we I getting think... the same? Yeah, because we're getting the same. I, I, I increased my vocals like just a smidge right there, <clears throat> there so maybe go, Bradley Brad. will be happy. And if not, well then I don't know what to do for Brad. Sorry, homie. I love you, Brad. Though. Love hey. you. Mucho gusto. So apparently Brad likes the first Reveille album more than I did. So the first Reveille album was so great, the whole album. Brad, by the way, it's Marcus with a K. Come on, dude. (laughs) What the fudge? See, this is why we can't have live comments. (laughs) I will get so consumed. Because Mark will read them and respond. Crowd interaction, man. Helps the show along. Yeah, right? I got a whopping three viewers. All right, so... God help us if we ever have like call it like people call in. <laughs> Let's take a call. Are we gonna uh, Are we gonna jump into this 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 album change talk? <clears throat> yeah, we should do that. What do you got? It. 
You want me to start? Yeah. All right. Course. So I, I'll actually give you. I'll actually give you like my number one. And what's hard is because like unfortunately we don't have the ability to like play these uh, to to like play the music like for you. But the um, I was actually I tried to do a lot of this from memory because I've had so many bands that like I've listened to that like have like done like that old like swaparoo like kind of a deal yep. where like you listen to, like, their first album, it's, like, epic, and, like, their second album, it's, like, what? Like, maybe there's, like, one good song on it, and then you're, like, what the hell happened? But there's a band that's actually from uh, Springfield, Massachusetts that I wanted to uh, bring up, and that band's called Stained. Good, I can follow you on this one. Now, I'm sure I got plenty to say on this one, too. <laughs> the, um, the reason why I wanted to bring up Stained, Stained has a very interesting story. So, first... Their first release was actually a self-release. They um, because they have they have seven record they have seven studio albums. The first one they actually self-produced. Hmm. It was a it was it was called Tormented in 1996. I think I knew some something about this. You're probably not going to know this too well, like if you if you follow like the live stream because like it's not available anywhere. Mm-hmm. You can't go to Spotify. You can't go to iTunes. Like it's not there. Like you have to like find it on like YouTube on like you some. Probably torrent it. I'm sure. Like, right. Just like, like, or if, something. like if you if you found it on like you can find it on YouTube and like it'll be there. But like what Stained used to be was like a really hardcore like grungy, a grungy hardcore. They, had, they were like angry Alice in Chains. <laughs> the the cool story about it was they um. And I'm I'm actually re- I'm, I'm sorry I'm multitasking I'm I'm actually reading they're they're considered an extensive touring in Northeast excuse me playing a heavy dark and introspective style of metal. The reason why Steen got like discovered they actually got on a tour that was like with Limbiscuit, Corn, and like whatnot because like they did like along with like their originals they did a lot of Corn covers they did like a yep. lot of was it Family um, Values or. Yeah, the Family Values tour was the first time I ever saw them. That's when they were touring with Fred Durst. So that's what you're talking about now? No, Fred Durst originally actually said, it was like, these guys are garbage. Like, I don't want anything to do with these people. Like, get them off of our tour. And then he but sung outside with Aaron Lewis the, on the Family the Values The producers tour. were like, no, like, seriously, you want this band on the tour. Like, these guys are great. Fred Durst got involved with the band and said, yeah, these guys are pretty good. And ultimately said... And just to make it short, sweet, and verbatim, pretty much told Aaron Lewis, do less screaming. You are the star of this band. We need your vocals. Hmm. And Fred Fred Durst is one of the producers of their official first release, but technically their second release, Dysfunction. Fred Fred Durst is the producer of that album. That's not the one with Mud Shovel, right? It is the one with Mud Shovel. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's what put them on the map. Mud Shovel was like, but the he first, didn't like, mix it and engineer, right? He, just he produced helped, it. He'll produce. He's it. he's listed as a producer. Okay, that's all. Okay. That's all I can. That's all I can. I, I can say to say, that. Because that's somebody else's engineering job for sure. But right. he that's said, "It's like you need to get away from this hardcore. You need to get away from this dark. You need more Aaron Lewis. You need more your vocals. You need more clean. And if you actually listen to Tormented, now Tormented." isn't so far off from dysfunction where like you you won't know it's not the same band because there's enough clean in that to like no it's like oh that's definitely stained yeah but you can definitely tell that it was 
little bit washed down. Like yeah. I, I hate to I hate to use the word washed down. It's a little like maybe watered down. Like yeah. maybe like like let's just, say different. Like cool your roll, <laughs> and then. You know the infam like the infamy beyond that. Like Stain completely went to like a radio edit beyond that. Like they were. It happened when they came out with Break the Cycle and they realized the formula for it's been a while was just like a huge. So everything after that became sort of like a, a shadow of. You know, it's like Nickelback did the same thing, and I hate to throw Nickelback in there. I mean, I like Nickelback. I don't care. Whatever. They were cool them. at one point, and you know, for all mm. intents and purposes, um, they were never really a terrible band. They just, I, just, I think they rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I think it was their offstage antics that did it for them more than their onstage presence. That sealed the presence. deal. It right. sealed the deal. Right. I mean, there was a lot of uh, like self copying they did, and, and yeah. which is what I'm basically talking about. That Stain ended up doing in the long run. I feel like every artist does that <clears> eventually, <throat> though. I loved Break the Cycle. I thought I thought Break the Cycle Break was their cycle best was, album. Yes, because. Um, all right, so there was a, a now, is Break, now, is Break the Cycle or Outside was officially? Yes, yes. Outside, okay. Epiphany, uh, it's been so, a while, and... So, the um, there, was, uh, there was uh, For You, For you Fade. Yeah. There was a lot of, uh, actually, hits off that album, but I used to, I used to be a press play album for me Yeah. way back in the day. Pressure. And, um, Pressure's really good, too. I love mm-hmm. Pressure. Pressure's one Pressure's of my favorite songs. Pressure's a wicked good song. Yeah, I feel like it's super underrated. Songs. But I could even use, like, so if you want to actually disclude Tormented <laughs> and you want to actually use Dysfunction as, like, Stain's, like, original release, like, kind of, kind of a thing, like, Break the Cycle was another, mm-hmm. like, another shift in their in their It sound. was, like, and I was actually was, just getting to It that. was softer, it was cleaner, it was more radio-friendly. But friendly, it maintained it was... some of that rawness, but, okay, so this is a big example of, so... A band has their first known release, oftentimes their first release, but usually their first known release, the one that kind of gets them um, started, gets them big. Right. And that's usually the raw one, very raw. It's well written, but you can tell it's still, they're still young. They're still, it's like, this is like their best 12 songs out of like the total 18 they have, period, as a band since they started, because they've only been together for three years, four years, whatever. And then they come out with the second album. And it's like what they were basically leading up to in that process of writing during the first album, where it's just more well put together. It's the the writing comes together more, and so they still had that sort of raw aspect to it, and they're still implementing the the heavier part. But now they've got this um, sort of zen to the writing that makes it all come together more, and uh, just be smoother in it. Maybe uh, I guess people perceive it as. Um, you know, as you said, kind of like easier or whatever, because it's more easily digestible because yeah. it's just more, it flows better, I guess. That's at least that's my explanation yeah. to it. And that's, Stained is a great example of that from, you know, dysfunction to break the cycle. I feel like Stained is an example of musicians finding themselves. I feel like Aaron Lewis was trying to find himself his entire musical career because if you listen to his early stuff, it was crazy angry and loud and screaming. And then he kind of went back and forth between some of the songs and stuff and then he kind of found his sound i think and you're on now a good line there, actually. now he's a country singer and he makes country songs but he still has that same grungy sound you're on and a that good same line Aaron Lewis so sound. i think that's i think part he of found it. himself i think he was finding himself but he was also going through every life change and his music was reflecting right it. you know it's like uh that's the other thing is between um around when they were releasing uh break the cycle is when he, uh, you know, 
uh, started talking to his dad again. So there was a few songs on an album that actually reflected that. And right. then you get to the third album, you can see this in his stage presence. I remember uh, seeing them with Corn um, back in like 2000, I think. And uh, he was still like bald, grabbing his head, like headbanging, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I saw them at Logo Bazooka um, after the third album had come out. He had his dad on stage. It was his dad's birthday. He was like singing to his dad and shit. And he was just walking around. He had this really like um, calm, calm, like zen. About him, yeah. yeah. But it was still really good stage presence. But you could just tell he was just. He was way more at peace, mm-hmm. and I think this, like I said, this is how the music reflected. And I don't, I can't explain the country thing, but it's yeah. just another way in which that well, he it said, sort of calmed down over the years. He said he stepped away from the rock angle because of how regurgitated and reproduced it was. He said he was going crazy, staying in that kind of uh, mindset for music, and that that formulaic kind of stuff was driving him mad. Um, he also, like the thing about uh, it's been a while. So he actually wrote that song by himself, and when he was doing, uh, like, covers, he'd go and play covers and stuff in Massachusetts and all these other places before yeah. he got big. He'd play <laughs> covers and stuff, and in between covers, he'd play that song. It's been a while, because he wrote it acoustic for himself. He wrote it a long time ago. And he was saying, like, bro, in the middle of his set, like, back when he was a no-name, people would get up and, like, walk away and, like, go to the bathroom. They'd use, like, this time of the show to, like... Go get a beer oh, and like get away is. from the oh, yeah. stage and all oh, this other the, stuff. I'm the perfect person to talk and, to about this. <laughs> and he oh, yeah, said, I can imagine. But one of the things that he said was, you know, it's funny. He's like, I used to play this song and people didn't even want to listen to it. They wouldn't go out of their way to listen to it. And this is the only song in the 2000s that was the number one in the top rock charts for 10 weeks straight. And this is why. 10 weeks straight. Like, this just, is why human beings can easily be. Um, Sort of like uh, things like the music industry can be driven by things like algorithms because it really does work. Right. You know. You know what the simple fact is? People didn't know it. That's why they get up and walk. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Even if I have like, um, you know, people say play a TC original. You know, you got one table in front that's like, yeah, do it. Um, first of all, even that table will often start talking in the middle of the song because mm-hmm. they yeah. just lose interest because they don't know the song. And you know, we're we're in this. Um, Really crazy, like ADHD, like you know. Everything's uh, a click away. Why do you need to pay attention if it's bird, a click away? Yeah. Bird, and, squirrel, light. Mm-hmm. Wow! If you don't have my attention in the first ten seconds, I'm gonna click on something else. That's yeah, what, that's what everything is about today. And then, mm-hmm. like, you basically lose. You've already lost the rest of the room. So it's crazy, like, um, you know. That's why, like, I don't. I mean, people have to like really, uh, you know, almost beg for me to. I don't want to say beg. That makes it sound like I'm. Some kind of big deal or something, but like people, you know, usually I don't play a lot of originals, and I try to steer away from that basically because, you know, if I'm playing a cover show, I'm hired to keep people, I'm hired to keep keep people interested. I save that for things like open mics where people are there to listen, they are there to pay attention, Mm -hmm. and they want to look into the nuances of your stuff. That was my fault. I'm sorry. You feel good about yourself, buddy? You feel good? It's weird hearing myself. I was trying to. I was trying to. I was trying to respond to a comment and like. <laughs> He's trying to talk crap to Brad. All right, I'm going to uh, shout out a little bit to Chad here because we got some stuff going on. So uh, Brad McGain, actually, uh, does anybody remember um, during Ausfest 2000 when people were climbing into the trees to see the bands on? Uh, I think it was the third stage. I actually yeah. remember the Ausfest. <laughs> yes. I I actually might have been with Brad because like I remember. <laughs> 
Kitty actually headlined the second stage, one of the Ozfests, and they actually called it out because, like, I think that was the last Ozfest that was actually in like the part where there was actually trees growing. Yeah, because people were <laughs> scaling up there, and I actually remember there was this one dude that I like, think I actually, went in 2001. Then that wasn't there anymore. He climbed up there. Yeah, they moved it to the parking lot. Like, <laughs> yes. the, the 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 second stage that. got moved to the parking lot, and that was the year that um, Cradle of Filth actually headlined. But the year that Kitty headlined. Is either Kitty or Disturbed? I, I forget. I don't know. Like, there's so Disturbed. much. There were this. Disturbed. Uh, that was a long time ago, and you know, drugs, beer, and like, et cetera, et cetera. But when Kitty was playing, there was this guy that like actually scaled. He he had to get up there like 30, 40 feet up in the air. Like, was sitting on a branch or like started flipping people off. <laughs> and I'm like, so wow, good. what a better move than to like get up there. And, like, just flip people off. That way, like, everybody and their mother is, like, now throwing rocks and beers and, like, anything they could possibly find at you. <laughs> but Kitty actually acknowledges, like, yeah, climb those trees. <laughs> oh um, so Jay Hawkins, uh, first album always has raw appeal. Second album, they find an identity and refine the sound. That's exact. yeah, that's actually really uh really I think that's play. pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's get, like they, a shorter version of, of what I said. Thank you. They the get way. money to hire a producer. That's, that's <laughs> pretty much kind of yeah that's kind of how it goes no joke i mean joking aside i think they really start to just round out their sound you know and probably a little bit of that as well yeah um, I, I wanted to i wanted to bring up the end well the current i guess uh stained situation uh so 2011 they released their self-titled which was like a complete u-turn because it's like heavy as shit yeah that whole album is like screaming most of the time like the heavy lyrics and it's funny because i went and saw him last year um at foxwoods i think let him mohegan it was one of the two but so this is coming off of his country thing and i posted a little instagram i think i talked about it before but it's so weird because like it's almost like he had this built-up anger yeah out of his country thing because you can't do that because almost every one of the songs, even like outside, there's parts where he's just like, whoa, like just completely screaming. And people are like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Like some people like left because they're like, I don't know what this man's doing. <laughs> but it was just, it was so weird that he would just like, un- like you can just tell it just came out. Like it wasn't like an attention. You know about like the third verse where he goes, goes up high and he just has yeah. that like heat. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Right. I mean, me, that's I, just a, that was just emotion. I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I mean if yeah, you want to be crazy, go for it. It's like, music that you can connect to. It showed you know, progression of the song. It showed his, um, you know, array and emotion. Yeah, it is. But it was cool. It, it was so it, Dynamics, it's one of those man. things. Like, it almost showed like he he's done like all this mainstream stuff. He wanted to just like get it out, like get all that yeah. bent up stuff out. But when he shifted to the country stuff, he even talked about like how in L.A. and all these country and oh, not countries and all these um, genres of music, how people sell out, you know, yeah. and how all the producers were telling him like, "Hey, man, you got to lose weight. Uh, you got to get rid of your wife if you want to make it in this business. You can't have a family. You need yeah, to just." Yeah, that's what that song is all about. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and he talks about like I feel like. I mean, I think Aaron Lewis is kind of an angry guy. I've never met him. I, I, I'm I'm speaking strictly out of out of out of Dave's perception here. Uh, but from like I even I worked with a guy that like dated someone who is best friends with his sister since he's from Massachusetts and it's a small world. And he was like, "Yeah, we all went over to his house for a house party." And he just flipped out like over nothing and was just a jerk to us about like all this stuff. And I was like, "Yeah, I can see that." 
So because like his whole life is under a microscope. I feel like Aaron Lewis went through this stage where he was trying to figure himself out, and he was he's crazy musically talented. And he had already he's such a talent, you know. He'd already gotten big, so like he had, um, you know, to add on to that, and not to I apologize for sort of cutting you off there, but the um, the thing about he, he was a very anxious person. Yeah, and he, he sings about it a lot. Uh, there's there's a fine line between anxiety and anger. Honestly, I've been through a lot of it myself. I've had a huge anxiety problem. Like I don't think life. there's a line at all. I think they're very thoroughly connected. Well, they're 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 often misconstrued as two different yeah. things, and they are, for all intents and purposes. But they you know they coincide a lot of the time because it causes a lot of confusion. Oftentimes, when you're anxious, you don't know why you're anxious. Right. And that makes you um, edgy, which edgy you know often turns to angry, and just right. you know it's frustrating too, mm-hmm. which causes some of the anger. So it's uh, it's you know it's it's tough living that, and then I can't imagine him trying to deal with all that, still trying to figure everything out, and getting big on top of it. You know, when it when it comes to stained, um, I've always been a, well. I can't say always. I was a fan of theirs from Break the Cycle. Break the Cycle is what made me a fan of Stain. But then from Break the Cycle, I went back and I listened to originals. And I listened to some of the older stuff. And then now I've listened as a listener and as a fan to the newer stuff. And I think there's not a lot of bands I can say this about. But Stained is one of those bands where you have to look at the album as like an individual piece. You can't you can't use that one album as a reference for their other albums. Because even right. inside these albums, they have different... You look at Break the Cycle um, well versus... Well put. What was what was the album after Break the Cycle where they had Right Here and they had that other hit song, uh, um, but like you, it went from like uh, they went from like okay like a, a heavy metal sound to a metal sound to like a, a soft rock grunge sound so to like far a away. so far to a full yeah. rock sound. They went to a full rock sound. One of my favorite songs from them is. Uh, what is it, Zoe? Sweet Zoe Jane? Is that what it is? Zoe, Zoe, Jane? Zoe Jane? Zoe Jane, yeah. Uh, his daughter. A song he See, wrote I'd for already, his daughter. I had already fallen off of them by then, so I'm not really... I, uh, I've i always been a huge fan of Stand. I really love Aaron Lewis. I've listened to a lot of his stuff. I didn't like a lot of his country stuff. Some of his stuff I did like. I just kind of appreciate that Aaron Lewis has always been one of those people that's like, look, this is my music, and if you don't like it, screw you. He'll even say that to the fans yeah, at his show. Yeah, He'll go off on anybody in their show. Hey, bro, why are you on your phone in the front row right now? All right, I'm leaving. See ya. Like, <laughs> like he doesn't care, you know? And I feel like that's what set him apart. Obviously, it's brought him a whole bunch of kind of negativity in the industry, but sure. I've always respected that about him, that he's had the balls to stand out and be like, no, nah, man, I don't care. Like, I don't care what the rules are. I don't care what you think I should do up here. I'm not a monkey. I'm going to play whatever I want to play. And if I want to play my old originals, I'll play my old originals. I think if I want to play new country, I'll play new country. I think he like, got to that point. I think that was, um, you I know, think I've, I've gotten to that point. Like, okay, like I said, I, I can relate with Aaron Lewis a little bit in, in the, the whole anxiety and anger thing. And uh, you get to a point because all that is sort of derivative of uh, – being kind of worried about, about, about what people think and being a little bit timid, and then you get to a point where you just, you kind of just decide to be a little bit more definitive and a little bit more um, outspoken about just who you are. You stop being afraid of it, and then, you know, all of a sudden, people are like, "Whoa, where's this honesty coming from?" It's like, well, it's always just been there, but, uh, right. you know, you haven't heard it yet. <laughs> right here, it is. Right, you know. Yeah, I'll always be a fan of Stain. Let's talk about another bit. I mean. I have one. I'm 
Yeah, I you, have one that that technically has a first album, essentially. I'm I'm gonna be typical. I'm not gonna lie to you. But I'd love to hear what Anthony has. <laughs> uh, I, I can. I mean, it's one of these albums that people either either heard or obviously haven't heard. Uh, the band Smash Mouth. If we're all aware of Smash. Somebody Mouth. once told me the world the, the, is gonna The, the Shrek me. mascot. <laughs> Shrek ruined that band. Oh yep. my. That's and probably the, why I haven't heard their second album. Uh, well, the <laughs> second album is half of Shrek songs, so <laughs> All Star. That's all. Oh, that was the second uh-huh. album. Okay. Yep. All right. I don't so, think it was Shrek that ruined it. I don't know I think was, about those guys. So. so the thing is, so their first album, uh, Fushu Meng, which I've actually brought it up before. I mean, there's obviously Walking on the Sun. We've all heard that song. Yeah, it's been on the radio about 6, an LSD times. trip. Now the rest of the album, <laughs> no one would know this. It's pretty much a punk band. They're fast. They got foul language. I mean, they're they're really good. Ooh, like, that actually, album is really another band, by that way. album is really good. And then all of a sudden, Astro Lounge comes out with the whole idea with Shrek, and then you have all these kind of weird poppy. And then I'm pretty sure that uh, Steve Harwell was like, "Oh, money! <laughs> yeah, uh, of course, I got, I got some money." <laughs> The, the Guy yeah. Fieri ripoff. That's what We're it like, is. Well, I've never seen him, Guy Fieri, and that other <laughs> insane clown posse guy in the room at the same time. Because <laughs> they're all the so same So maybe guy. they're all the same guy. Maybe. The other insane clown I don't know. I don't uh, listen to ICP. Um, Sorry. Evil, evil. I'm not talking trash. I just, it's not my preference. No, I'm talking trash. I don't like them. <laughs> but I'm, it's just, it's one of those bands that like, it completely just was like, oh my yeah, God, they what flipped. happened? And then they pretty much just disappeared from there. After Shrek came out, that's it. Like nothing else. And then the, like the, the Shrek Enterprise took off, and they just kind of yeah. fizzled out. Pretty much. I'll openly admit uh, ICP is a guilty pleasure of mine. I was introduced to them at a young age, and I thought they were hilarious. I've I mean, never been into it, man. I don't, I like, don't understand And that's it. it. They were stupid, and they were funny. They were stupid funny. They were like fifth-grade rhymes, but like... Yeah, that's the thing, though. Like, like you took it, creative way. You took them the right way. Like, they're hilarious. Exactly. And like... like that's yeah. what they, they were actually, trying to be. They were trying to be extreme <laughs> and hilarious. They actually do a lot of good shit for the community, though. No one knows. They this. do. They do. They do Actually, a lot I of do good. know that. And uh, and the whole uh, the whole thing with their their gimmick on the, you know the, the Joker cards and the, the clown in the circus and the evil circus and all that shit, it was actually uh, it was a huge euphemism for. Um, it's hard to explain the whole thing, but like, um, it was um, basically about all the bad people. In the, they were they were basically battling all the bad people in the world, like all the. All the uh, bigots and ra- rapists and pedophiles in pedophiles. Hollywood. Oh, just in general, <laughs> just in the world. And that's what they had like uh, pet names for different kinds of people. Like, you know, like um, I don't remember what they all meant, but they, they used words like Richies and chickens and and uh, it all meant something. Like I think you know Richies was like the rich people that were um, maybe um, yeah. See that I can't even I can't even, I don't I don't really know what they all meant. So, but. They they had a good meaning behind all of it, so you really had to kind of respect them in that way. And this is actually something I just found out. Like, they just came out about this, I think, a few years ago, about what the actual meaning of all that stuff was. Because I always wondered, like, well, they're not really crazy. They're not really haunted by a freaking dead carnival or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Obviously. Right. Hit me. Please. I've never... Uh... I've truthfully never listened to to ICP intentionally. Not not gonna lie. 
Like I said, if you can make it in the music industry, I don't care what kind of music you make. If you can make it, you got my respect. It just doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to listen to it. And, it's, you know, it's funny, too. As much as they've been made fun of, ICP has had just as much um, crazy, you know, undying support from people as well. So it's like it goes both ways. It always does. <coughs> music is subjective. That's what it's about. I, uh, I, have, to go, I have to go classic here. My binky. I got to do it. Lincoln Park. Yeah. How do you go from hybrid theory in Meteora <laughs> to minutes to midnight? I was so mad when I bought that album. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Chester and Mike are crazy talented. I think Brad's talented. I think I think the whole band is very talented. When I listened to minutes to midnight, I thought they named it after, like, a last-second homework assignment. Like, guys, we got minutes until this is due. We're just going to put this out. Uh, we don't have anything to write about. Let's go. Uh, oh, let's go political. Oh, you know what? This album we're gonna swear too, and we're gonna get rid of the whole electronic sound. That's actually this is actually interesting. Without looking, what would you say is the most played Linkin Park song on Spotify right now? In the end, I, I wouldn't. I Numb. Wouldn't, I wouldn't have figured that. You wouldn't have figured in the end that was their biggest song like yeah. ever. It was. It was yeah, in the end, crawling and numb. From that, that was their from biggest, that from yeah. that album, I would have went one step closer. To hybrid theory, no, because because the issue with you got to think about the time. So like today, that would make sense. But back in the day, rock stations were not a thing. It's one step, never gonna one be step closer. One step closer could only be played on rock stations, whereas <clears throat> in the end could be played everywhere. It could be because it wasn't screaming. Well, it came, it, off, the same, it came off the same uh, the same Correct. album. Like one step closer was so, like the original. Oddly, it was the original single. Yes, a band's a band's most listened to song is typically like their first or second. Release off of their second known album. Usually, their sophomore. And okay, so let me counter you. What's the number one song by Papa Roach? Is it um, "Getting Away with Murder"? To be loved. If it's not "Last Resort," I'll look I'd, I'd say "To Be Is Loved." It, um, not 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 to completely derail. Strictly uh, because point. of the raw. Not intro. scars, right? Not scars. I think well, it's "Getting Away with Murder." I'm gonna look it up via Spotify right now. You want me it to is tell still you? last resort. Yeah. <laughs> it is still last resort. Scars by is, like scars is second. By like a gazillion. I was gonna say scars million. was pretty popular, but I just yeah. can't remember how. Po- yeah. See, I started covering that song with a cover band one time, and I was like, "What is this song?" And I remember the song. And, like I didn't even recognize it right away. So not much came up. I won't go in the pop. I just not much came. I was up um. I was kind of. I was mad. I'm not gonna lie. I was mad. So I uh, I actually remember buying. Minutes to Midnight. I bought it at a Walmart. Uh, so My, yeah, the swears weren't there CD. anyways. No, they were. It was before Walmart edited un, un, oh. didn't didn't have edited music. So I bought it, and I was there with my sister. She's the one that bought it for me, and she's like seven mm. years older than me, so she was able to buy it. We listened to it on the way home. She's like, "Oh, they don't swear, huh?" The second song on the album was given up. Yep. I'm like, yeah, they don't swear at all. Why? Because in the first two albums, they didn't. In the first two albums, they were they were electronic, they were new metal, they were all these things, but they didn't swear, they weren't political, and they were electronic. They go to minutes to midnight, and literally all of that goes straight out the window. I do like bleed it out. 
Nothing like I think no. So there was I'd say maybe giving up's pretty good. Four, you know, there's you know four or me, five songs that I actually like from that album, but the rest of it I was like, what do I do with this? You know what <laughs> wake me out about like Lincoln Park? Like reanimation like was like the next official. So, I, I loved reanimation. No, they but. did a lot of strange stuff. So they had they had hybrid theory and then they had Meteora and then they did that Jay Z mashup. And then they did reanimated, and then they did another one where reanimated had, came out before Meteor. Right, but it was like, oh, we're just gonna regurgitate our old songs and change them, so but that, so that now Lewis. when you now when you hear them live, it's gonna be different and unpredictable. And people are like, what do we do with this information? And then they came out with Meteor, and it was like, oh, okay, like you have the same kind of sound from the original sound, but you're building on it and you're making all these same kind of songs. Meteor was good. And then Minutes to Midnight came out. What I've done was a single. Uh, Given Up was a AOL Sessions single, from what I remember, and Bleed It Out and No More Sorrow were the other songs on there. The only other good song on there that I that I've thought was uh, Shadow of the Day. But even they- then, it's a totally different sound. Like, if you were to listen to Isolate Linkin Park's first two albums and then go to Minutes to Midnight, you're like, what is this? It's a different band. So that was the third album? Third, yeah. And it was and yeah, that was okay. So that was the one where they actually, that was the one that had a lot of faster songs on it, right? Yeah, that was a deliberate up. decision. That was in an interview. Right. They said they actually wanted to to incorporate some some higher tempos and, and cut times. That's where bleed it out and everything came I mean, through and uh, given up and double time. Sorry, double time feels. I I I totally get the timing stuff. What I didn't understand was why they shifted from their entire sound to something totally like I kind of. I kind of get it. They were still rock. But this is why when people Google Linkin Park, it comes up. It doesn't come up as a new metal band anymore. It comes up as a rock band mm-hmm. because they shifted after the third album. And if you listen to any of their albums after the fact, they'll still play all their classic new metal jams at all these, you know, well, obviously not now. But they used to play, like, all their classic hit songs at all these shows and festivals and stuff. And then after the fact, it was like <clears throat> they became like, okay, we're going to be a rock band with, like, Two or three new metal songs well, I mean, on every at, album. Look at the hunting party. That's what I'm saying. That was not what I expected. Keys exactly. of the Kingdom is bananas. And it's like there's all these songs. Like there's songs from Linkin Park that I still haven't listened to because of those albums. Like oh, there's I, plenty, I didn't, yeah, there's plenty of songs I haven't heard. Like I didn't know what to expect from them. And as soon as you lose your predictability with me, like when you go a different direction, some people love that. I'm not one of those people. Mm-hmm. If you totally change your sound, I'm like, all right, man. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I jumped off after me. Like, yeah, like so you're not, you're not reliable anymore. I don't for think me. it's ever on purpose for me, really. No, I can't imagine his. No, I, I'm not saying it to like take a dig at them at all. It's no, just, no, no, no. It was I'm just saying. like this is not my sound anymore. No, you, you just okay, I, I literally sat through the entire playthrough of the little things give you away. I'm just saying that it's just the difference between like um you know you you decided like okay this isn't for me like it was uh, never really like that for me with a lot of the bands that I kind of dropped off right. with, um, but there were a lot there were a few that were like you know stained I, I remember making a conscious decision because they had just that whole formula with the um, you know it's been a while and so far away that six eight timing like you know sort of um, yeah bar chords. Yeah, barcord to barcord to barcord to barcord to barcord. Yeah, four four <laughs> chord progressions. And... Yeah. No, I just I I kind of fell off. I'm not gonna lie, I fell off with minutes to midnight because I was excited. I remember listening to the single of what I've done, and I was like, wow, like they still kind of sound like what I've done on that album. I feel like is the closest to their old sound they got. 
on yeah, that album. they had that that uh, that early snare. But then you look and it's like, why does Chester look like Bono? <laughs> why does he have greased hair and sunglasses and a leather jacket? I never saw a they... lot of it on TV, so I can't relate to it's any like, of the It's like, why? Oh, why is this? Mm-hmm. Like, and then, but like, you can't. If you go back and okay, you listen to in the end, you listen to crawling, you listen to one step closer, you listen to numb, um, even pushing me away. Or Figure Nine. Run Away. Or Run Away. Yeah, any of these songs, these hit songs from their first two albums. Then you go to mm-hmm. The Little Things Give You Away. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm listening to a really sad, soapy rock band right now that's watered down in crap. So, I really didn't like that song. Lincoln Park is actually a good example of uh, somebody I like to impersonate. <clears throat> I love doing uh, Chester. Mm-hmm. I like to a lot. cover recently of uh, Points of Authority, and uh, I-, I did it so. Uh, I actually found an actual um, instrumental. Sometimes bands or people do this where they have an actual instrumental from the album. Yep. So I was able to do that, and I could actually, uh, I had uh, a copy of the original song in the uh, in the session that I was recording in, so I could actually A, B it. Okay. So I had it muted, and then I could press the solo button on that track with the original, and yep. it would just go back and forth from behind it. Sure. And it was actually kind of cool to listen, because it was like, I would show people, and they'd be like, I can't even like, hear a difference. <laughs> it was kind of cool. That's cool. It's fun. Yeah, they've always been my like one of my top favorite bands. I just after this album, it was like uh, they they fell off. Like those t- first two albums will always have a place in my heart. I could listen to those first two albums over and over and over again on repeat and not have any problems. The second you start bringing Minutes to Midnight, The Hunting Party, and everything else after that, it's like okay, now I have to pick and choose which songs are good because you guys are just kind of they're kind of filling things out. Right. And I get it because the industry forces you to do that, and certain record deals force you to do that. And, like, I'm not throwing shade at them for trying to find their sound. I was just... I feel like I was disappointed at, like, the the three levels of shift that they changed from with their original sound. Right. Because you listen to that album, there's nothing electronic. Where is Mr. Han in that entire (laughs) album? The entire album. Where is he? Where is he? And then on top of that, okay, you didn't swear in any of your lyrics in the first two albums. Now you're swearing every other song. And then they went back and they stopped doing that in the rest of the album. So, like, this is the only album that they, like, sweared in. And they got majorly and openly political. Sales yeah. So it's like... Sales went down And Walmart. speaking of Mr. Han, like, <laughs> yeah. um, and like, Points of Authority. why did you do that? It's actually, one of my favorite songs on Points of Authority was, uh, I mean, uh, on the, off of the first album was... Hyper uh, Theory. Hyper Theory. Was points of authority because of the stuff that Mr. Han had done with it. Right. Like, you get that, forfeit, you know. Yeah. There was that, forfeit the game, that whole thing. And then after that, the outro of that song was fucking amazing. Yeah. With all that, like, all the fucking, like, weird, like, stopping, starting, like, reverse reverbs and shit like that. It's like. You know, that, that shit was awesome. I feel like they broke through in the metal scene for a lot of different sounds that we hear now today from bands that we kind of expect. Mm-hmm. But, like, Linkin Park was the first ones to do it, and I feel like that's why they're so iconic, at, at least They were for also me. one of the last bands to, able, to be able to pull off rap rock. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Not, let's not discount that yeah. fact, because, honestly, when they first came out, I was like, they're not going to last. Yeah. Because they're like, they're like a hair band in 1990. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> True. You know, being uh, being at uh, a rap rock band in like what you know, two thousand. They're not Beastie Boys. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I just uh, I've said this. You know on... what though? Like with that being said, like Meteora, like kind of pulled them out of that like numb, like was more of like ballot form. Like, yeah. Kind of like um, 
I'd, ha- I'd have to look at. But they would. St- they were still able to to, uh, to have Mike do his rap uh, stuff. They and- had. They had somewhere I belong was a big one off of Meteora. Numb and faint. Faint was a huge one. Breaking and then the habit. The breaking the habit was the other one. Somewhere I belong though as well. That's what I said. That Did was the first one, one I said. I yeah. Um, I, like I love. I love. Don't stay. I love. I love. I love okay. everything off these first two albums. I it's could really literally good. listen to the first two albums over and over again. Every single song. I don't care. I won't get sick of it. I just won't. But when you totally shift your sound, and like this is what I don't understand about bands. Like, I understand shifting your sound for creativity purposes. I mean, you're going right? to evolve at some point. Right. For creativity purposes, I got you. I will stay on board with any band creative for creativity purposes. It changes their sound. <clears throat> what I won't stay on board for is the people that spit in the face of their fans and their original fans, yeah. because the people that you just brought on board are fans of your music. They like your lyrics. They like that you don't swear. They like that they can know your choruses mm-hmm. in these catchy songs, and they like that it's about things that are interpretive and they're abstract. But when you go to straight up political and straight up swearing and totally different sound, it's like, who is this? Who is this band? So, I, ha- I, I had to mention LP. Turn your chat sounds off, Mark. And I just, I don't know. <laughs> that was it. I love LP. I'll tell me what to do. I always will. <laughs> um, okay, well, it's one just... more coming in. Sorry. I just, in case you wanted to hear that earlier, I'm throwing you these um, MP3s. Sweet. I think it's... uh. I think it does a disservice to people's fans. Like, I don't understand why bands burn bridges. Like how P.O.D. did the same thing. We mentioned this, too. We did. How, you know, P.O.D. for their first three, four albums didn't swear. They had their they had their sound that was like, you know, you can tell it's P.O.D. when they play it. And yeah. then they come out with the song I Am, and they're dropping F-bombs in the chorus. And they're like, why are our fans mad at us? <laughs> uh, well, maybe because you changed your entire sound overnight and warned nobody. How about that? There's all these like Christian kids that just bought your album thinking that it's okay, and now well, they're blaring it for their parents and hearing f bombs. Well, their actions will be payable on death. It, they absolutely <laughs> will be. You know that actually came from a bank statement and not anything biblically, even though everybody attributes it to like a biblical purpose. That sounds very. Remember, church and, uh, church and state. Sonny's Sonny's girlfriend worked at a <laughs> bank. She worked at a bank, and somebody got like a notice that yeah, was like, "Hey, you're payable on death," and and that's how they got their name. Still cool. Yeah. I dig. <laughs> still cool. That's <laughs> like, I would, uh, and that's the thing. Like, I still love no P.O.D.'s first. I love the Southtown P.O.D. album. And I love Satellite. That album was the best album P.O.D. put out. Testify after that was good, too. And then after that, they're like, ah, well, we're not getting enough sales, so we're just going to start swearing and like be my, different. Like, my next band name is going to be, like, Ambulance Bill. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's uh, like, wow, that's, like, brutal. Robbed. Man. Carnival Circus. Wait, which is it? Is that a carnival or a circus? It charged me like five hundred dollars for like three miles. So I, uh, I think that's it for albums, right? For album U-turns. No, I got one. What do you got? Sugar Ray. Oh. Ah, I brought that, <gasps> I brought that up too. Oh, oh see, off air. I Anthony got, brought this up. I got up, one so. more FM too. And yeah, uh, we won't, we won't spend a lot of time on this. It's pretty simple. I mean, you had um. Breathe. That? Just breathe. That? You had that um. Cello. <laughs> uh, um, Just kidding. I was actually looking up. Uh, the hell is it? As far as like sellouts go, I have said from like day one of this podcast, if somebody like lemonade and brownies, if somebody busted yeah. through the door and said, "I will pay you three million dollars to sing these songs," I would sign immediately. <laughs> right? And you know what? Um, 
that's the other thing is like uh you remember when kevin and i used to do our acoustic thing our acoustic duo i don't know what you're talking about kevin, <laughs> you know no. kevin shields I, i'm completely busting your balls don't get don't okay get thrown I'm, off. <laughs> I'm like am i crazy or do you not know them anyway so um when we used to do that, we actually um, decided to start playing some Sugar Ray, and that's another uh, act that was huge among women. Like, uh, you play Fly, and it's like right. another one of those things, you know, it's almost like women turn into strippers <laughs> suddenly. And, <laughs> Every you <know>. morning. <laughs> Every morning, yeah. Um, so, like, but, Someday. so that was, that was the album, what was that, Floored? Floored was the name of that album. The album before that, which is their first record, what, Formation, uh, Lemonade and Brownies. That was the first one, yeah. Lemonade and Browns, yep. That one had, like, uh, Speed Home California, very, like, fast punk sort of sound. And then, like, uh, <clears throat> which actually was kind of different even from that song was, um, I will let you, yes. I will let you, which I actually loved that song. I thought they were really cool when I heard that song. Something uh, fresh they were, but it was, like, question and answer between the DJ and the guitar. It was really cool how they put that song together. And it was, like, nothing I'd ever heard before. Um, and then I heard Speed Home California. I was like, what is this punk? I'm not like a punk fan. So it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But anyway, you get to Florida and all of a sudden they decided that they were just going to go like total like island sort of uh, sound to the point where like Fly, when Fly came out, the video came out, they had that um, that Jamaican dude or whatever, like guest started. Super Cat. Yeah, Super Cat. <laughs> I'm a birdie. I'm a fly. I'm so high. Like yeah. it was just kind of like quirky and weird and like... Um, they Wait. actually released a version without that guy in it, and it was actually kind of awkward almost. <clears throat> yeah, because you're like waiting for it. Yeah. You're like, it's not there. I don't know. Do what you mean do. to tell me that island guys are not high all the time? No, that's that's, <laughs> that's actually a viable. That's a viable Probably point. right. I've met a lot of them. I'm, I can assure you, most of them are high all the time, all the time, or a majority of the time. Especially the musicians. <laughs> yeah. What, what else? Oh wait, actually, it was. No, they had two albums before. Uh, Every morning was actually off of uh, 1459. Ugh, I hate that song. I'm just reading that now. But yeah, I, also, I, Someday I, was also... Okay, so they did actually follow... Yeah, so they started to follow a formula after that, too. Yep. After uh, Floored. I feel like so, everybody started to. That early 2000... Everybody's like, hey, this is the formula that wins. Let's all change. Well, they also had... You know, uh, Mark McGrath was some of that uh, sort of picturesque-looking lead singer guy that... You know, as soon as they started to put out anything that was more poppy sounding, the women are like, who is this guy? Ooh. Hello. You know. <laughs> so they're like, oh, we got to do more shit like this. It makes Mark look even hotter. Just like you Fuel know? until he started doing cocaine. <laughs> oh, my. That's well, what happened. I didn't even know about that. <clears throat> or is that when they That's lost why their rights to whatever? Hey, to, Mar to Mark McGrath's credit, he was the original, I will send a video breakup message. Yeah, Mark McGrath, uh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody broke up with her boyfriend using Mark McGrath. Like they reached what? out to him, and he sent this dude a video. Like, sorry, dude, you suck, bro. Yeah, Kelsey's not coming around no more. Yeah, so <laughs> weird. What is the uh, what is the uh, most interesting thing you ever had a uh, a famous person do while meeting them, like sign or whatever? My boobs. Okay, it got weird. I'm sorry. I have, I, uh, a, I have an awkward one. I watched D'Lo Brown and Gangrel take chair shots that were not planned at a wrestling show. <laughs> <laughs> and by not planned, I mean some 12-year-old folded up his chair, and at the interview process, while some, some other 10-year-old kid was trying to record an interview, he literally hit them both with a folding chair. So let me give you an example before we continue on. Like What I mean is... um. 
So um, my buddy had, um, I was at Local Bazooka in um, one of the, actually it was the band, the year that I saw, um, staying there. And uh, Power Man 5000 was there. And my buddy had um, the CDs in the past to go get the CD signed. But his friend that was supposed to get the CD signed wasn't there. So he's like, will you come up with me? I was like, yeah, sure. So we go up. And uh, as I'm like a few people away from Spider, the lead singer, um, I had this great idea. I was like, I'm going to get my voicemail queued up and see if he'll record my greeting message. And he was actually more than happy to do so. That's cool. <laughs> so for like a year, when you called my phone, it said, hey, this is Spider from Power Man 5000. You reached TC's phone. See ya. Oh, and my then, God. You, you don't have that still? <clears throat> no, I wish I, had rec- I wish I had yeah. recorded it onto something because that would have been cool. But I left cool. it on for literally a year. And that, like when I first got it done, I was like, call my phone and let it go to voicemail. I swear to God. And people were like, no. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that's like way better than like my two and a half minute like answering machine message that I used to have that used to drive people nuts. Because <laughs> like the first like, part of the message ones. would be like, will you fucking change your answering machine? Oh my effing God. Like back <laughs> in the day, like answering machines actually existed. Oh my God. I actually have a wicked old one that still promotes like, um, like me and Kevin acoustic and like. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for reminding me. I gotta change that. <laughs> wicked old. I'm like doing so many different things now. I should like be promoting my production and all that stuff by now. Right. I don't have anything. What weird, was yours? You had one. You had one too. I. It was more of an awkward thing, I guess. So. Uh, oh, I have. I have awkward. I have awkward. The when <clears throat> it was in the it was high school, 2009. I went to um, the hell's it called? The uh, the big fest that's no longer around anymore. Ozfest. No, we went to it. The Local punk one. Oh, uh, oh Warp Tour. Tour. Thank you, Warp Tour. Tour. Yeah. And uh, it rained. Just throw that out there, because all twice have gone. It never fucking. It fucking never rains poured. at Warp Tour. So anytime Anthony goes to Warp Tour, it rains. I've been twice, and it's poured both days. <laughs> Not if, even like just raining. It's like no, like, like fuck you, rain. Yes. <laughs> and and so, if Five Fingers there, he never gets his money back. <laughs> so, um, escape, I soapy by the way. Uh, escape the fate. Released a newer or new album at the time, and they didn't have Ronnie anymore from Falling in Reverse. They had uh, Christ, what's his name, Craig from um, Bless the Fall. That was like his takeover, or whatever. Yep. So, the, you if you signed up, Dan was with me actually. You, if you signed up for like this magazine or whatever, you could get to like the front of the line to have something signed. I ended up now, mind you, I already had their new album that came out. With Craig on it, so I happened to grab for their old album with the old singer. So Craig trying to sign his name on a CD that's not even not <laughs> even in the, the album. It's really awkward. I actually did that. He with, was uh, like, with Soulfly last uh-huh. minute when I worked at Guitar Center. Uh, we we got the uh, newer guitar player from Soulfly to come down and do a uh, like a just like a <clears throat> half an hour clinic at their. Uh, I think it was like in between shows. They were playing like the Songus Arena or some shit like that. And uh, so I went over to, uh, I think it was um, Newbury Comics or whatever that's still there um, across the, uh, this is up in Nashville. So, uh, and I just, I grabbed like their first CD and I didn't know much about Soulfly at all. I wasn't like <laughs> just a, winging it. They, they were cool back in the day, but it's not like I know their history or whatever. And uh, I think I ended up making like a joke about it when I was like having them sign. I'm like, I know it was pointed out to me that you're not even on the CD. I'm sorry. He's like, no, that's cool, brother. <laughs> I'm awkward. like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, 
Awkward. Hey, Howard Jones, can you sign my copy of Jesse Leach's album? <laughs> exactly, yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's like, ah, sorry, buddy. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they have to expect that. Yeah, they can. Like, when you're brand new and you've had other albums, you kind it's going to happen. Like. I think it actually, um, I can't really confirm this, but I'd like to think that there was something else there, like, uh, that was the only one they had there, New York Comics or something, and yeah. there was like, or there was like two, and I said like a 50-50 chance of like, right. Didn't know any better. <laughs> Just didn't know any better. Grab bag. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I do have one more band, which we can Uh-oh. probably all talk about, because I'm sure we're all aware of. Um, a band that kind of, obviously this one was not really their choice, but sort of. Um. Uh, Drowning Pool. Okay. So, obviously it. Dave Williams, we know, passed away. Yeah. Uh, they had Jason Jones. For I want to say for Desensitized, I believe he was in that album. I could be wrong. Nope, he, nope. Dave Williams was still in that one. Uh, so, yeah, they had Jason Jones, not actually for an album, I think for just live stuff. So when they came out with Full Circle in 2007 and Drowning Pool in 2010, like their self-title, they had the lead singer to do Soil. Now, right. Soil... Is that a fact? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan McCombs explains why the the sound so changed. So I remember so the first time um, when Full Circle, uh, I'm sorry, Full Circle came out. The song. Oh, I'm sorry, not Full Circle. I apologize. The one after they're self-titled. Um, they came out with the song. Uh, feel like I do was on the radio. When it first came on, like if you've ever heard Soil before. You know what he sounds like. Right. Yeah, he's, he's a very distinct sound. Like, he's ex- sounds exactly like... You You always know it's soil. Right. So, like, running into this album, when I heard Feel Like I Do Come On, I was like, oh, a new soil song. Uh, I was like, all right, awesome. And then, like... This soil album sounds great. Yeah, this soil song's pool. cool. And then, like, it's like, oh, the new song from Drowning Pool. And I was like, what? Like, what do you mean, Drowning Pool? Yeah. And then I actually had to, like, look it up. Well, I feel like that's the issue, too, is it so... It's just, it's a weird grab, because he has such a unique voice. Right, right. But he has nothing close to the other, you know what I mean? It's very weird. Mind you, they don't have many more, but it was just a strange jump. I'm gonna... I was like, uh... I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt, because... Because the the, the music community is so small, the... You also have to think the reliable music community is even smaller, you know? So it's like, hey, guys, we need a lead singer. Who are we going to use as a replacement for this guy? It's like, well, we kind of want our same sound, but we don't Mm. want somebody who's going to bail on us, and we don't want somebody that's going to totally change our sound, and we don't want somebody who's going to, like, take us in a totally new direction and, like, ruin everything and walk off. Well, that's why I said the fact that with a different direction, it's kind of like... How many how many albums does the guy from Soil do? Two. Full Circle and um, they're self-titled. Yep. I felt really bad for Drowning Pool because I thought they had a very unique sound. Uh, they, I mean, yeah, on I mean, the on the uptake of that that <laughs> new metal metal wave. Because okay, so there was a whole bunch of bands that came up as new metal mm-hmm. that were popular that then branched out to other bands that were kind of just metal that weren't new metal but had similar yeah, Brad sounds. Brad said it's not the singer from Soil, the third album. But if you listen to what the fuck am I here? Like, if you know somebody that listens to Linkin Park and likes them, they probably listen to Korn and like them, too. Ryan but McCombs. they're two totally different sounds. 
you know? Yeah, they're two no, totally different genres. They tour together, Brad, but I'm they're gonna, totally gonna, different. Brad, I'm going to trump you. Uh, Ryan McCombs was in their third album, Full Circle. Same singer to Soil. And then they're, uh, they're self-titled. I feel Same like... Ryan McCombs. And, and then after that, he re- rejoined Soil. I feel like it's tough, too, because there's certain bands, like, they Sorry, have buddy. a certain sound. When they come out, it's like... You're... Everybody's always going to play the compare game. Oh, you're not as good as so-and-so. Look at Jesse Leach and Howard Jones. They still, to this day, fans are like, oh, I like Jesse, but Howard's the best. And it's like, okay, well, do you like Killswitch Engage or not? You know what I like about, like, the fact that, like, like Drowning Pool's continuation, like, they've always played tribute right. to the original. Well, yeah, um, right. J- J- Jason, spelled J-A-S-E-N, uh, Moreno is their current one. Like, if you see, like, a modern-day, like, like drowning pool show like right now he's gonna play the original song he's gonna right. tell you like he's up there like right now like singing right. this with you like he's gonna play uh tear away like you know bodies, bodies yeah. like it, what was the other one by them sinner sinner yes i love that whole album i truthfully listened to that whole album over and over and over again and then when he died i was just like I was like, geez, like, oh I'm not gonna lie, I got kind of, I got kind of deflated with that band after he died. I was I like, that's that, not the same. Well, it never will be. Like, no, that's, right. like that's the thing. It's like you know, and it brings up like an interesting topic, like because you have like Motorgrader that like moved on from. I mean, look at Lane Steely. Yeah, because they they're had, still touring. Did you hear their last album they put out? Their most no. recent one? Oh, it's a different guy. Yeah, but you the, know what? The they did. <clears throat> Alice in Chains did such a good job trying to keep our, their authenticity. Well, it helps that their guitarist sang a lot as a kind of yeah, right. But you know, like right. an extra force behind it, so right. it has that uh, kind of thing. But the thing with the new album, and we talked about it when it came out because I reviewed it. Now Lane Steely had those pipes. Yeah, I mean that man was just like he, he pumped it out. He had that grunge and those sound. like high, like really like octane yeah. choruses. Yeah, he's a the bastard. New, he made it so it was never coverable. Yeah, and the new guy, the new guy can't <laughs> true. can't do that as much. So it's well, a little different. You also have to understand <clears throat> that Allison Chains went. They didn't only go through one lineup change. They went through a couple lineup changes because their bassist died yeah, probably. too. Their bassist died, <clears throat> and then I'm not I'm not trying to. Obviously, I'm not going to throw shade about this situation, but I thoroughly believe that their lead guitarist had a change of heart after Lane died because he was the last one to see him alive. Right. And then, like, the way he played everything after that was kind of different. And and rightfully so, like, I understand it. There's a whole bunch of traumatic stuff that went on with that. But, like, the Alice in Chains Chains sound totally changed. Mm -hmm. And it totally, like, shifted. They didn't not, put out an album without them, too. Right. And they rode the wave. And I, I that's what I respect about them is riding the wave and letting them, like, like hey, like this is our new sound with, like, our old songs. This is how we're going to play them from now on. And then we're going to make new music. Right. You know? Like, <clears throat> they had they had a couple of years between albums where people were like, okay, we can be okay with this. Like, <clears throat> we still like Alice in Chains. <clears throat> I feel like they're one of the few that did it, like, respectfully across all levels, whereas other people have been like, yeah, we're just going to replace this guy and see what happens. Like, try to jump into it way too fast, you know? Well, I mean, look at um, the... I mean, we've talked about it a thousand times, the Static X thing. Yep. I mean, they do it as a tribute. They don't do it as a... Right. You know what I mean? Like a continuation. Hey, or, look, uh, Edsel Dope's version of Push It is awesome. 
It really is. Yeah. No. I, we saw it live. He did a great job. He yeah. made it his own. He did it like, but it still sounded like Static X. Well, you know, I I don't know. That neck tattoo, man. You don't watch out for that. Yeah, yeah. You gotta if you're gonna wear a mask, then cover your tattoo, <laughs> Etzel. Come on. Come on, buddy. What I loved was that on Twitter is that he posted a picture like, "Hey, this is me with the lead singer of Static X," and it was clearly like a photoshopped picture. Of him on stage backstage with himself on stage. That makes sense. Like, no one will figure this out. I feel like they were trying to, like, generate buzz, you know? It's like, I'm not going to slight you for it, but, like, don't tell us that you're not out till dope, because we know you are. I was was a little bit upset about that, I'm not going to lie. You were upset about it? Yeah, I was. Why? Because he was a liar! It was clearly Etzel Dope, and he went out like he went out of his way for like a year, being like, "No, no, I'm I'm not the lead singer of Static X. No, no, it couldn't possibly be me." And then you find out like, "Wow, like it's Etzel Dope," and like they just say nothing. They don't even address it. They just keep playing shows. Led Zeppelin's good. I like Led Zeppelin. I have a belly button. I feel lost. <laughs> now you can't hide things. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what we had for the most part. I feel like there's a lot of bands that have shifted their sound. And like some you said, there's a difference between the evolution and you right. go in a direction. But there's that, those ones and it's just like the next album's like, you're like, wait a minute. Wait right. a minute. I guess since TC's here, he can't really um, comment on the situation as well. But the, one of the big ones that I always pointed out is a band called Burn Halo. Um, if you're aware of Born, Born, Jesus, Burn Halo, the Born Ultimatum they got, Halo, they got the song uh, "Save Me" and uh, "Dirty Little Girl," um, which was like their their big popular ones, oh. and they they kind of have like a what would you say maybe like a soil sound, Fair right? Enough. Maybe soil kind of ish. Okay, like a it was like, like a, 2004, 2005 in a nutshell. Yeah, essentially. That was so, a very strange time for music. I feel like nobody knew where to go. See, so, I would say like between ninety five and two thousand five, or actually ninety four and oh yeah. four, we knew how to party. There was there was a whole okay. So think about it. There were a whole bunch of celebrity deaths between that time. Then there was a giant shift in music because that's where new metal came alive. <clears throat> Everybody wants to talk about faith no more. <laughs> we won't touch on that. But it didn't blow up until the 2000s. Uh, no reason. I was just looking at all of the remaining hosts. But I did um, want to, before Dave goes on his rant for six hours, I wanted to finish my Burn Halo one. Uh, it's gonna say, if, don't if, if you guys know what Burn Halo sounds like, you, you can tell the difference. So 2015, they came out with Wolves of War. And the first song off it, oddly enough, Wolves of War, is like metalcore. So it's like, it's got the screaming, I don't know who does it, and then like the little chorus with the actual like regular lead singer, which you can kind of pick up on, but it's like super heavy and doesn't make any sense. Like if you didn't know better, you'd be like, I don't, you wouldn't even know it was Burn Halo. Not even close. See, see, some people would say they change for the better. I'm not saying it's bad, it's just weird. It's not what you expect. Yes. I think we lost TC. I think he went home. No, he wouldn't. He, he's on a smoke break. I'm still watching all of his camera equipment like record us. So. <laughs> We're gonna Later, watch, bro. <clears throat> Bye, Brad. If I uh, if I, 
if I if I wave now, I can see it in like three minutes. Yeah, that'd be good. Then you can get in touch with Brad and tell him how much you disagree with. <coughs> Excuse me, dude. Brad's a man. Brad is the man. And a boy, Brad. Brad way to be, is way our, to be the man. It's Brad's bedtime though. He's got he has to leave. Brad is our half a co-host. Should we? Uh, I feel like we should shift gears to either main event. You want to do drunk stories? Drunk yeah. Stories? Do we have time for drunk yeah. stories? I think we do. I mean, I don't care that I have to work in the morning. I'll make it quick. I don't have to work in the morning. So. I don't have to work in the if morning. If nobody has to work in the morning, as far as I'm concerned, I don't have to work I mean, in the morning. Rachel, Rachel has to work in the morning. Cool. That's not my problem. <laughs> yeah, whatever, Rachel. It's Rachel's problem. Ha ha, Rachel. That's what you get. Yep. Why'd you choose to be with a guy that's on a podcast that doesn't care about your feelings? <laughs> You're not wrong. It's true. Right, I'm going to put a pause here. Do it. Enough of your psycho babble bullshit. Get on with it already. Hey. He will do that. He will he buy, he will buy a jack. We're going to go to our, uh, No, our... we were waiting for you. We talked. Our second main event. You wouldn't that weird voice. I don't know why I keep doing that. It's like Dr. Clock. You know what though? <laughs> Going back to the old main Dr. event. <laughs> Because like considering <laughs> considering our company today, there is actually one more band I wanted to bring up. I think okay. I, I think I might know. If you guys don't mind. No. Oh, I totally mind. No, we don't talk about music on this podcast. You're not wrong. So if we're gonna <laughs> if, we're talking about bands that like took like a like a little bit of like a one eighty like in their uh, a left turn. A left turn. They took a left turn in their. Uh, if it's who I'm thinking of, it's like every album. So, TC, I want to talk about Incubus. Yes, that was the one. <laughs> I, did, I purposely didn't. I, Incubus. For two reasons. I figured I would switch things up because I normally would. And number two, I thought you might bring those guys up. Well, I. Because I, of my presence. I bring it up because of your presence because, like, um, I've actually learned from past interviews that you guys could have potentially been. An Incubus cover band would have been probably a different lineup slightly, but yeah, yeah. Like with the Bullet Call Life guys could yeah. have like been playing like Incubus, which is completely like 180 like in itself. But if you actually like think about the original release of Incubus, which was New Metal, it was New Metal. Mm-hmm. That was uh well their original mm-hmm. their first major label release was actually uh, Enjoy Incubus, but Science. And uh, Science was their first known album. Yeah, but what was before Science? Fungus Among Us. Fungus Among Us. Fungus Among Us was actually released after Science. Or was it after Enjoy? I think it was after Science. Um, it was recorded first out of the three. Now, it was officially released by... The, it was actually on their own record label. <laughs> right. It was by Incubus' own record label. But, but it was after, like, their major, after their major label um, right. signing and everything, that's... That. They re-released it under um, their major label, I think, didn't they? Um, Are you getting different? I'm, I could be wrong. Looking right at it. I'm, ju- I'm looking right at it. All I know is you can get it in the record store. Harder to find, but you could get it. But long story short, like as far as like like transitions and like whatnot, like you know, Incubus like came out like kind of like a ska rock like kind of a thing, and then it turned into like the rap. Like science was like the one that like I 
I originally knew Incubus by. Which was mm-hmm. like they were like new metal at that point yeah. almost. They were. And they were they were big on AAF. They were big in like the time frame, like kind of a thing. Yep. And then it transitions to Pardon Me and Drive. Wish you were here. Yes. Wish you were like Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I've known them for. I didn't know any of their previous stuff. So yeah, um their first release was actually a certain shade of green, uh, which not a lot of people know about. It didn't it didn't take off as quickly as uh, the one I'm going to mention now, which is New Skin. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all been saved. You remember that song? That's a great yeah. song. Mm-hmm. I so, love. So I actually, do know the other stuff. I love New Skin. Yeah, that's a great song. I mean, it, it, it almost uh, reminded me of, uh, you know, they almost had like a soulfly kind of feel with that uh, tribal sound. <laughs> and um, the, the record actually... Um, the whole the whole album science started off with a didgeridoo, which was interesting, <laughs> uh, with the song uh, redefine, and um, you know, new skin just it gave a different sound to new metal uh, than even I guess Soulfly was doing at the time, just slightly different. But then even within that album, you could tell that they were just a diverse band. Because, um, and you guys can feel free to, I don't expect anybody to know this, but you feel free to look them up. These are great. The whole album's great front to back. It's one of my top three favorite albums of all time. Um, but songs like Any Gravity Love Song, which I did a cover of, which actually has a, uh, it has, it's very like um, dance hallish almost. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like, um, I can't even describe, you just have to hear it. But it has a saxophone solo in it. Speaking of uh, Hoobastank, it's <laughs> actually Hoobastank's original saxophone really? player. That's yep. interesting. Before they went um, and got big and ditched the horn right. section. They got big for an album and then disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know what happened to them, but like. I found a but yeah, like they, um, for me. Yeah, game so over. They, <laughs> so they, uh, they had this sort of new metal sound, but within that, they had songs like Andy Gravity Love Song, Deep Inside, which was very funk with like uh, nice, song. like sweet guitar solos and. Shit like that. But um, then they went to uh, the second album, which was Make Yourself, and they came out on Drive, which was like, you know, arguably their biggest song of of their whole career. Um, They had, what else they had off that album? They had, uh, oh, Stellar. Stellar Stellar was another big one off that record. Um, They had a few. And then uh, Morning View came out. They had Wish You Were Here. And they sort of adapted a slightly new sound based on what they were doing, but they just gone a new direction and it they went to Crow Left of the, I mean time. I could go through all the albums Crow Left of the Murder was a very experimental album but they maintained their, their name and then they sort of reestablished themselves when uh, Light Grenades came out and uh, they came out with like uh, Animali Love Hurts uh, Love Hurts was a big song um, what the hell was the song oh Dig Dig was the song of that album. Dig, that was yeah. their bread and butter <laughs> from that album I mean I still get People know that I do Incubus. I know, like, all things Incubus. So whenever they see me play, Dig's one of the biggest requests I get. Um, so, yeah, I mean, album to album, they just uh, constantly changing. I mean, now, like, people don't even know about half the stuff they've been doing lately, and I still follow them. And it's it's known, yeah, I do uh, I do tend to uh, love a band and latch on to them, like, very, very hardcore. But Incubus is, like, almost like a different animal for me in that respect because of they um, their approach to things has just been different from any other band. I mean, I can't really compare them to any other band I've heard. And uh, anyone who's ever let me talk about this for more than five minutes knows, you know, how... Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> like, 
you know, they, uh, they've kept their, yeah, they've changed genres, but if you, if you're a musician, you don't, maybe don't have to be a musician to hear it, but they, they really, uh, they never got lazy. They never yeah. stopped putting their all into the writing. Um, you can notice some things are more toned down in certain albums than others, but that's only because they hadn't done that yet. They're like, well, right. what can we do now? Right. You know, uh, one album, the drummer says, I'm going to, I'm going to hang back a little bit and just see how I can write, you know, in the pocket for mm-hmm. this one, you know, and then the album before that, he may have gone completely fucking insane. Um, yeah, if you did a tribute, Chris would have the step of his game. He, yeah, Jose he is... In terms of just... He's uh, phenomenal. Yeah, in terms of just knowing um, the parts really well, yeah, it's, it's kind of required with... And even with some of the System of a Down stuff, I mean, me and Chris have worked closely together on mm-hmm. some of the uh, parts because most people... Well, some, some people know that I'm a drummer as well. Some people don't. Sure. But... Um, you know, so it's always worked effectively in a band setting where, you know, something needs to be refined. I can usually hop over to that area and uh, mm-hmm. and sort of help out. But, uh, you know, Chris has been a good sport about that as well. But, uh, yeah, because System of Downs and the one with the drumming is just insane. Yep. You know, I just I kind of feel like people need to understand, like, the whole picture of music of where it was at a certain time. Because you think about the early 2000s and how many shifts so many <clears throat> bands did in the early 2000s and... And what the sound was, and which bands were blowing up at the time, and which ones were kind of falling off and trying to regain stature, and which ones were, like, there's like a balance, like, in the music industry. Like, there can only be so many contemporary artists at one time. Right. So, like, the people that were competing was, like, Incubus, and Linkin Park, and Fuel, and... uh, Even Nickelback, when you think about how Nickelback came up, and Stained, and all these other things, and, like... These popular sounds that were coming out that were totally different, but still competitive. Yep. So, like, how do we compete with this, this you know, main-level band, even though they're slightly different from us? And Incubus, I feel like yeah. all these different bands came out with all these different sounds that were, like, these albums were great. You know, Incubus had a couple good, great albums. You think about... Nickelback, some of the, like, all these different, all these different, okay, Nickelback's a bad example, but all these different bands that came out and, like, pushed themselves at the same time because everybody in the industry was pushing themselves for a new sound. And, like, what was the sound everybody was looking for? Like, you, that's where, like, the, I feel like the formulaic metal and rock sound kind of came from was that, that era of, like, there was like eight years between like 1998 and 2006 where everybody was like just playing around with different sounds and trying to figure yeah. out where they came from, and everybody was competing with themselves. I don't feel like we have that anymore. No, there's no, no but only it's, because it's, it's the, the lines down. have been blurred. Like there's no more like lanes anymore. Like there's no more bands that are like, oh, we're just new metal. So like no, we're new metal. We're rock. We're soft rock. We're cool rock. We're math rock. We're also. Glam rock. So hopefully, hopefully <laughs> Sophie's still here. I wanted to. Uh, Sophie had an interesting question. Perfect uh, circle. Yeah, I think one of my all-time favorite bands is the Perfect Circle. What genre rock is that considered? That is actually an interesting. Mm, question. That is Maynard James Keenan. Yeah, genre <laughs> is what that is. Um, that, that man hey, has. Do you guys own. remember uh, Winamp? Winamp. That's, that Ma- that's Maynard James Keenan, not on acid. Old school, <laughs> old school Windows. That that program Winamp you can use for yep. uh, playing songs. Yes. Yeah, they had all those different genres. In. You ever go through the genre list on that? No. Yeah. Okay, one of the genres, do you remember, was actually named after a band. Do you remember what that was? Oh. I have friends that could, that could chime in on this. There was actually a genre, when you went to the genre list, I remember laughing. I don't know if it was a joke or not. It had to have been. It just said Primus. 
<laughs> That's fair. I thought that was amazing. I thought fair that enough. was well well done. But um, I am. I don't know what that was. Because you said she's still here. Okay, good. Yeah, that's so, my guess. That's my <laughs> so so. What is, Unless what is she's cool? Maynard I mean, James Keenan, I could. Are you Maynard so, James Keenan? So are we right talking now. like Judas so, days? Or are we talking like Eat the Elephant days? Because I mean, it doesn't really matter. They they maintain a pretty a pretty staple sound throughout their their career. Uh, I don't know. Eat it. But the, no, okay. So the they've elephant, always yeah. they've always been the drop the progressive. Okay, so to start, they're definitely progressive rock to a certain mm-hmm. degree. On a, on a more modern level, you know, we're not talking like. Um, yeah, I dig progressive. Like, well, because like a, they, like they a, do a lot of off-timing stuff. They're definitely progressive. I mean, that's just one of the core definitions of a progressive band. So I feel like we, Judith is a bad example because that one sounds like a Tool song. <laughs> that's yeah, one of the more. And I'm, and I'm thinking of like a diet lighter. Tool song. So yeah, and, and I'm I'm kind of implementing Tool into this conversation because I mean it's just similar. It, it all crosses back and forth. They're less progressive than Tool. Okay, so now thinking about it, yeah, they're less progressive than Tool, but they're still along those lines. I mean they. They definitely dance the edge of that. I mean, live-wise, it's a whole different thing. He's not hiding in the back somewhere. Yes. I mean, that's where you have to go with it. Like, you see like, my head bobbing. It's not necessarily. It's not necessarily. It's not necessarily industrial. Like, it's not industrial by any means. But it's. Eh, that's that's hard. No, they were never industrial. They never really put. I mean, weird. A lot of the weird sounds you heard, believe it or not. Like, think of the in- intro to, um, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm going back to Tool again, obviously. Uh, the intro to Stink Fest. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is actually the way they did it, but I remember covering this in a band, and I had, it was actually when I had a full lineup for my original band, Myopic. We did some covers to fill out our set, and one of them was Stink Fest. And the intro to Stink Fest, now my guitar, my guitarist for that band was, uh, he was insanely talented, just, you know, one of the most talented guys I've ever played with. His name was Evan. And uh, he actually figured out a way to through tapping and like like harmonics and shit figure out how to play the intro to stink fist on the guitar you know that that whole thing and it made me wonder if like that's actually how they did it maybe with like certain effects on it and i still actually don't know this day I know a lot of drummers when uh, you see like tool tribute bands do a live they have it's kind of like being like a bass you know it's kind of like being like a bass player you do like the seinfeld <laughs> yeah, <laughs> except that's just slab bass. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh. Yeah, right, you guys don't even drink enough already. Change gears for this main event, or what? Are we not gonna do? This? Yeah, change gears. Go ahead. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna do our uh, our favorite drunk stories. You got a favorite drunk story? Marcus. I probably have several. Give me a minute to think you got, about you it. Got, you got to pick oh, your, your best one. Wait. Charger. Actually, I don't need this anymore, technically. But yeah, my you... laptop's dying. Fair enough. Yeah, my laptop's going to die anyway. I just spilled a bunch of beer on you it. You probably shouldn't put the charger in the vent if it's full of water. <laughs> uh, it's hey, magnetic. It's, full of it's magnetic, so it doesn't matter. Uh, oh, my gosh, Becky. That's actually what's good about uh, the MacBooks is cans. You, can't, you, you can't actually get... Any liquid into the charger port because it's just a magnet. It's good. Look at that, right through your cans, buddy. I only have seven of them. I mean, where's the one I was drinking? In your laptop. That's true, and also too soon, you charge. Oh, it's, it's behind the. It's, it turned out behind the laptop. That's awesome. You're like a magician. Yeah. You, buddy? So, Magic. Sophie, I'm so glad we were able to not even technically answer your question. <laughs> I said Maynard James. Yeah, Sophie, we actually don't know. Yeah, I yeah, mean, we have no idea. 
I mean, uh, you know, like I'm at all. Curious to look. I'm gonna look up and see what they at. Maybe like Wikipedia says. Or <laughs> yeah, whatever. like what somebody else says about it. Because yeah. like they that, are, uh, that, that's probably exactly what Maynard was going for. They are new, somebody else. They're they're else. new metalcore rock. Like, wait, what? We have no idea. Who so the uh, the the first four things to pop up in general on Google is alternative rock, hard rock, alternative metal, which is that's that's okay, and art rock. Which I art, art rock. rock. I what like, is I, art rock? It's a perfect circle. Evidently, art. <laughs> Evidently. Artsy says we rock. It's art rock. If you can actually draw a perfect circle, that's actually pretty impressive. Who did that? Somebody did that in history, then. Oh. Phil Anselmo. <laughs> no, I mean like <laughs> one of like the uh, dime bag. All of his lyrics are a perfect Random circle. Random words. <laughs> Too soon. It was okay. like one of the Renaissance painters or something. Somebody asked him to... Uh, Galileo. Yeah, Galileo asked somebody to to drop um, a perfect sphere to prove his... Um, his, his theory art, on art-ship. plate tectonics. His ship and, uh, <laughs> and so he did. History Atta brought boy. to you by heavy metal over a six-pack. Something like that. <laughs> That's actually probably the most history brought to you by the... Yeah, probably, right? Oh, I'm good for plenty of that useless information shit. <laughs> Are right, we doing drunk stories? We're going to double team this main event? Yeah, this next main event. Like, other than, like, right now, after I just, like, spilled all kinds of beer on, like, my keyboard? Is it, that yeah, that's not going to be your favorite story. No, it's story. not the best one. <clears throat> we're going to uh, we're gonna take a little segment we like to call our favorite drunk stories. I don't know my favorite, but they happened. If you've been drunk and you've done things that... Might have been questionable. We'd like to hear about them. So if you're listening to this episode and you're going to leave comments on it, we want to hear about not only the albums you thought went a totally 90-degree angle from where they originally started, but we want to hear your drunk stories. I feel like drunk stories is what makes us who we are. We find out the meat and potatoes of a person you're talking to. Marcus. Yes, sir. What is your drunk story? All right, so have you ever seen the movie Beer Fest? Yes. Okay, Several so times. there's a um, there's a scene in the movie Beer Fest where they're they're brought to a uh, festival for the uh, first time after they lose the ashes and like et cetera et cetera blah blah blah. But they're brought to like this festival and then like they leave and they train and they have to go back to said festival and they don't know how to get back to said festival. But they said it's like well, in order to remember, you have to be drunk. <laughs> I think there's some truth to that. Mm. Well, there is some truth to that. So. Mm. The, the reason why I bring this up, where I actually think I had that beer fest moment. Because, wow. so once upon a time, I had to go to this wedding. <laughs> I'm not um, going to say whose wedding. Famous last words. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you whose wedding it was. Because Me I, neither. I couldn't tell you who the bride was. I couldn't tell you who the groom was. I could tell you that my better half was in the bridal party. And I was not invited to sit with my better half <laughs> oh, God. at this wedding so like you're walking into a place where you don't know anybody so long story short um we get this place for the weekend so i went to a hotel room that i was supposed to be staying at for said weekend i was probably there for probably 15 minutes 15 whole minutes of my life 
I, I was there long enough to drop a suitcase off. I was definitely not deuce. thinking. Yeah, I was definitely not thinking suitcase. Uh, and then I dropped I a deuce case. And then I had to get on like a shuttle to go to like said wedding. Go to said wedding, and a beer was nine dollars. A martini was ten dollars. Yeah, which were you gonna go there? Yes, mm-hmm. which one I'm picking? Pure like, alcohol, the, the one that hits me fastest. <laughs> like no, there's there's extra no extra dirty, no, no olive. Like there's no <laughs> there's no open bar. There's nothing like that. Like we're all paying for ourselves. Like okay, we're like at the ball game like right now. So a hundred and eighty something dollars later. <laughs> Do the math, people. Uh huh. Were you leaving chips or no? I'm proud of your liver and kidneys. Kid. Yeah, there's chips in there. Okay, okay. Eighteen and a half. This, this I hope there's chips seven. in there. I, if there's not chips in there, I apologize <laughs> I to our uh, to our our serving Americans. <laughs> I'm not mad. That's an amazingly large amount of alcohol to drink. Um, <laughs> and I was uh, I was doing everything at this wedding, man. Like like I wanted to like you know I wanted to dance. I, like all that like stuff. I heard this I heard this thing. Like somebody actually made a an announcement last shuttle to the hotel and i'm like sweet that's me so off i go i completely leave my better half who is still with the wedding party which apparently that turned into like a big to do because like all the shuttles left without the wedding party (laughs) (laughs) which all i'm saying is you should have been listening to the announcements because they said last shuttle to the hotel the wedding, the minutes. wedding party's clearly not coordinated. Yeah, right. Like, like somebody, somebody fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Big time. You're doing it wrong. So, all I can tell you about this adventure was, I remember hearing the announcement. I remember getting on the bus. I remember getting off at the wrong hotel. I remember taking a sleep next to a bush. <laughs> Proud of you. And I remember waking up the next morning. With sheets and a blanket under my chin and me comfortably on a pillow in the exact hotel room that I've only seen for 15 minutes of my life. How'd you, that how, is how'd not, you get back? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I actually missed the punchlines. I was, I was and that's why on the stream. this is my best drunk story because I have no idea. How you got home? How I got back to where I was supposed to be. Fair how enough. I got to the exact same room that I was actually staying in, in the exact same hotel that I was staying in, even though I got off the shuttle at the wrong hotel, <laughs> which was witnessed by my ex's, not my ex's, my current girlfriend's ex. No, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Let me rephrase that. My current girlfriend, fiance, I actually sat at her ex's table the whole night. And he saw me get off at the wrong hotel. Oh, he was he was itching for it. He set you up for failure. He's oh like, my. yeah, that guy, that guy sucks. What a jerk. So, but I woke up exactly where I was supposed to be. Very comfortable and very hungover, mind you. <laughs> Fair enough. As far as drunk stories. It's a pretty good drunk story. Yeah, really we, tell, we, we tell, <clears throat> it's one, it's one for the grandkids. <laughs> How I met your mother. Uh, yeah. How I met your mother. <laughs> I came enough. home. <laughs> That's probably not the way to introduce your Somehow. Uh, <laughs> <not>. <laughs> Fair enough. I uh, I was living with a friend of ours. I say ours because we know who he is. We're not going to say his name. Is it Paul? Um, 
Frank. So right before I left for the army, I got laid off for, from this job. So I took a job as like a pizza delivery boy. I know where that was. And I was living at my friend's house and was also doing work on his house to pay for me living there. Right. So I was like, true. hey, like I'm going to earn my keep. I'm going to like build a fire pit and like, you know, finish your bathroom and paint all your walls and like all this other stuff. I just like I earned my own to stay there, you know. But that meant that on the weekends, we kind of didn't really have anything to do. At the time, I was working two days a week. <laughs> I was working Tuesday, Thursday deliveries as a pizza delivery guy. And this place was the best pizza delivery place, like, in the state at the time. So I was busy. I'd make, like, you know, three, $400 a night just doing pizza deliveries to, to all these people because it was so great. So naturally... On my way home, there was like six different liquor stores. I'd just stop at a liquor store and buy beer. And I'd come home with beer because that was my rent. My rent was beer. I'd just show up with beer and we'd be good. I'm going to check the sound of my phone real quick. I'll be right back. The thing is, there's a certain brewing company in Massachusetts. It's called Berkshire, or Berkshire, however you want to pronounce it, Brewing Company, BBC. And they have a brew. It's a pale ale and it's called Steel... Rail. Uh-huh. Yep. Oh, a yeah. steel rail we're from BBC. The they used to only do growlers or 22-ounce bottles. And a single 22-ounce bottle was the alcoholic equivalent of four Bud Lights. Those will fuck you up. They were heavy. Mm-hmm. Now, I've always had a high tolerance. So I was like, oh, I'll just I'll keep these in the fridge so that whenever we're pre-gaming, I'll just pound one of these bad Larrys. So that's what I did. <laughs> I pounded a steel rail. And then I drank... Back in the day, back before I had beer taste, I drank like six Coronas after a steel rail. So, me and this nameless friend, we decided to go for a little, a little meander walk down the street, and it turned out that like uh, uh, about two blocks away from his house was this donut shop, and this donut shop started baking donuts at like two a.m. because they're a bakery. So, like, they they have bakers working at, like, crazy odd hours in the middle of the night. However, when they make these donuts, they would put them on these, like, trays on carts and put them at the back door to, like, cool off. Mm. But the back door was wide open. So, let's say hypothetically that a drunk person walking by craving donuts and smelling donuts might see all these trays at the back door and think to themselves, well, this is a great opportunity not that I've ever been there, but uh, I, I did, in fact, start shoving donuts into my face in the middle of the night, probably like 2 a.m. I'm like, so here's the problem. I'm grabbing fresh donuts out of these trays at this back door of this bakery. If you had this story on weed. <laughs> nom, nom, so, nom, nom, nom. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to level with y'all. Truthfully, my, my heart's intent was to grab like two... Maybe three donuts from here and just, like, leave and eat them on the walk home, you know? The problem was they were so fresh that they started coming apart in my hands. So I'm, like, trying to pull them out, and I'm just pulling chunks. And I want to pull more donut because I'm probably drunk out of my mind. But, like, they're they're only coming in pieces. So I'm eating the pieces as I'm pulling them out. And before I know it, I ate, like, 15 donuts, and there's some guy chasing after me at the backside of this bakery. Like, what are you doing here? It's like, oh no, I need to run. 
And so I did. But I can't. And as soon as I ran, I literally made it like, I don't know, maybe like 15 feet away from the backside of this, <laughs> this bakery. A police cruiser I'm pulled sorry. in. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm watching this. With the lights on behind me. A police cruiser pulled in and started chasing me for taking donuts. I was like, well, this is ironic. And I bolted with my friend back to his house. And we brought back like a handful of donuts. And I was like, I, I literally almost went to prison. What, because I was like, what are you in for? I was Six trying to eat, I was trying to donuts. eat donuts. I only wanted one donut. I wanted one whole donut. But they came apart in pieces because they were so fresh. All I wanted was a Pepsi. Just one Pepsi. Pepsi. I'll also say that I've never had a fresher donut in my life. Fresh donuts are good. <laughs> and and now when I when I drink a certain type of BBC, I kind of crave donuts. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, makes sense. Not that I've ever drank it again. <laughs> nope. Moving on. So if Anthony has a drunk story, the drunkest I've ever seen him is it was at the Lucky Dog. I'm good. Yeah. No, I would. Um, mine's gonna be more or less our buddy of ours being drunk. I was drunk as well, but not as drunk as him. And, and I, this is a story I always tell because Dan makes me bring it up every time we hang out. <laughs> but his 21st birthday, uh, me and him, I brought him to Mohegan Sun, Foxwoods, you know, the, the mixture. So we got a, we got a hotel room, XYZ. Fancy. And uh, we just stopped at the liquor store across from my work because that's where we left from. Um, I got myself a bottle of 151 because that made sense. They don't make that anymore. <laughs> uh, and he got a, a bottle of Jameson. Now, we met a friend of mine and her boyfriend up because they live right near Foxwoods. So, so at, at what time that night did you fall in love? Weird. <laughs> so. 151 and Jameson. Nothing bad can go wrong. So I only had a f- little bit of the 151 because I regretted it relatively quickly. Um, but our, our buddy Dan decided to drink three quarters a bottle of Jameson as pregame, mm-hmm. which uh, I don't know what game you're playing, but that's pretty, you, that's, <laughs> that's pretty, it's pretty typical. Uh, that's into fourth quarter before you even like, nothing you know. like pregame before you go drinking. So in I'm any case, drink before I drink, in any case, we go to Foxwoods, whatever. We go to a few bars. Dan gets kicked out of one of the bars, whatever the point. So we, at this point, he's obliterated. My friend Ashley's obliterated. And I'm drunk, but enough to at least hold, the group, hold the group together. We go to Fuddruckers because there's a Fuddruckers there. Oh, I love their burgers. I have to sign for friend Dan because he cannot see the paper. Monkey fucking a coconut. Yep, pretty much. So I sign. We sit down. I take like a bite of my burger. And then my friend Ashley decides to run out to the bathroom to throw up, which indicates Dan now has to throw up. He runs out to the bathroom to throw up. Well, now I have to go find them because I can't have two belligerent drunk people running around the middle of Foxwoods. So I had to leave my my food. Whatever. We get there. Uh, On our way back, after drinking more, of course, we hit a subway which has a drive-thru because that's a thing. So we get a sub, whatever, get to the, the room, me and Dan... It's cold out, so it's November, roughly, and we, sorry, does they have like a little heater or whatever near the front of the, the uh, room, so turn it up because it's cold, we eat like half our sandwiches and we pass out. <laughs> roughly 2.30, uh, more like 4 in the morning, 
I wake up and our buddy Dan's a big dude. This man is sprinting across the room because he has to throw up and shit all over the bathroom. <laughs> and mind you, we left the heater on. Whatever no, temperature, it's about no. 6,000 degrees. I am crawling, still half drunk, crawling to the heater because it is so fucking hot in there. It's like, you can't even breathe. He's going, blah, blah, like all over the bathroom. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like, it was, it was horrible. It was the biggest mess ever. That it was you gross. never had to clean. Nope. <laughs> no, he, he did a good job of cleaning it up. But it was just like, oh my god. Good lord. TC, what you got? So, um, I was dating this girl, and uh, I'd been sleeping over her house, and I'd been uh, waking up with these, um, oh yes, we like, only started dating, and I'd been waking up um, with like hives all over my body. So, obviously I was allergic to something, and I didn't know what it was, so I was uh, constantly taking Benadryl just to keep the itching down. Jeez. And um, so, and you know, I like to have a few beers a night, whatever, and got to the weekend, and I played a show Friday night, I think, and Saturday night. Uh, we were hanging out, and uh, again, constantly taking Benadryl. I think I was like six or seven beers deep. It wasn't really that much, considering, like, it wasn't what you consider like a shit-faced, drunk amount of beer. Right. But I had fallen asleep that night, and I woke up the next morning... With big memories of being like, 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 TC, what are you doing? So apparently what had happened was, so I woke up and, and the girl goes, uh, do you remember anything from last night? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you don't remember getting up out of bed? Maybe now that you mentioned it, vaguely? So I guess I had gotten up and um, I decided that the uh, laundry basket about five feet from the bathroom was indeed the toilet. And um, okay, Tommy Chong. So I was completely like <laughs> I was like from from just the amount of beer I had and the uh, Benadryl, I was just like blacked out from basically still being asleep. So I was like sleepwalking, and uh, <coughs> she was like, I woke up and all I could hear was this this heavy stream of piss, and. I swear to God, I almost wasn't even mad. This is the longest piss I've ever heard in my entire life. And I was trying to get you to just respond to me like, what are you doing? That's not the toilet. Ah! And yeah, so apparently I just, when I was done peeing, I just turned around and just plopped right right back on the bed, fell back asleep. And then I remember um, <clears throat> we kind of laughed about it a little bit the next day, way harder later on because she was, you know, no longer so unimpressed by it. But uh, I remember, like, like two days later going, hey, where are my Stewie pajama pants? She's like, probably in the dumpster. I'm like, you tossed the clothes? Yeah, I wasn't even going to. I'm like, but pee is sterile. <laughs> She's like, I don't care. I wasn't dealing with it. Like, I would have fucking washed them. So, yeah, that was, I'm sure I had some other good stories, but, like. That was uh, that was a pretty good one. Just you because threw away the, my favorite pants. Yeah, my pajama pants, my Stewie pajama pants. That's how I go to sleep every night, you bitch. <laughs> All right, speaking of drinking uh, too much, let's review a beer. Let's do it. Let's review the beer and close this shit out. Beer drinkers, assemble! <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Hey, 
Alright, so oh, I will give you some IPA. commentary. We are distributing said beer. <laughs> we are handing out said beer. We are handling said beer. Do we want to do glasses or just candy? No, it's candy. Yeah. Now, I've been told by a bird that this was an expensive ass four pack. <laughs> <laughs> As expensive as a craft four-pack would normally run. Yeah, in. Maui Brewing Company doesn't mess around. They want their money. Now, these are the same are These are the same guys that do all the other no. beers? Different? No. Okay. Yeah, it's different. There's like, I want to say there's three or four main Hawaiian beer brewing companies. There's Maui Brewing Company. This is a Windmills Hazy India Pale Ale. Now, There's... we have a guest judge today. So, ah, don't cheat. Don't cheat. How dare you? Cheater. I didn't know. We have a one to six rating system for our beers. Six being excellent, one being not excellent. Crap. Right. One to two, yeah, probably pretty hot garbage. Three, four, okay, I can drink that. Five, six, pretty epic. Okay. That's how we rate all our beers. <clears throat> oh, the happiest sound in the world. There it is. All right, we'll do the communal cheers. That's the beer. Gentlemen. The beer high five. The beer five. Cheers is the beer high five. Huh. It tastes so like slightly citrusy. It upon... doesn't even taste hazy. They say hazy, and it's not even... Like a little bit. It feels like like IPA with like. It feels like they poured an IPA next to a hazy beer and oh. called it hazy. So the bite is very quick. Right. Actually, is, surprisingly, is, it's, it's nice. like instant. Well, it's it's nice because sometimes the the heavier some of the heavier IPAs it'll hit you later, mm -hmm. and then like you it just makes you want to drink more because yeah. you're you know you got that weird. This one at least it's not like um, it's not bad. Yeah, it's, well, it's not covering it up. It's not right. being deceiving, you know. And it's, the, uh, it's, this is a six point five percent alcohol by Good volume. Lord. I want to read the. A, no, that's not even bad. This is... I want to read the the ingredients, sort of ingredients here. So Go for it's it. it's brewed with a hundred percent New Zealand hops, including Nelson Savin. I'm going to say all these wrong. Uh, Mon Monteca, Pacific Gem, and Southern Cross. Uh, providing aroma and flavors of Sauvignon Blanc, uh, freshly crushed gooseberries. Go uh, what are gooseberries? It's the berries that come from gooses. Um, berry, <laughs> citrus, and pine. I feel like it's a Harry Potter beer. They just like came up with like all these. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. America. You boys like Mexico. <laughs> I get the pine in it, but that could also be the. I'll tell you what. There's a, there's a kick in the ass at the end of this. Yeah, but it's that's what I was just talking about. The bite, it's actually pretty quick. It's, yeah, it doesn't, it's it like, doesn't have a while though. It's like, oh, you drank me? Let this me is like a, This is one of those IPA pilsners where it's easy to drink as an IPA. Yeah. It doesn't it's, punch you, know you right what? in the throat. I, actually, I disagree to a, to a degree on that because this is a little more bitey for its alcohol content. Yeah, I can't I can't go up this to a pilsner. No, it's definitely no, stronger. No, it's definitely got, yeah, it's got more of a bite to it. Like I feel like if I have two of these, I'll <clears> be Almost like, like a good uh, session IPA. Like a good session IPA. Session IPA, just for those who don't know, are actually just by nature weaker because they're brewed quicker. They're, right. It's just it's a one That's session IPA. Session. Right. So they're usually 4 to 5% in alcohol. 
but a good session IPA will have a good bite to it. You didn't uh, do your Christopher Walken voice. I feel like if I chug like two of these, I would, upset. Tell, I would tell you another like <laughs> wedding story. I just he saw the thing and I was like, oh. Yep. I actually asked if I should do this whole thing in the, in my Walken impression. So I I do I feel like it's a hazy pilsner. I completely forgot about that. It's true. It's we true. weren't even in Walken the whole time. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick to my guns on on hazy pilsner. It's like fruity and hazy, but it's not quite That's an IPA. Better than a hairy like pilsner. The IPA hit like the IPA punches like either punch you in the throat or like let you know like hey, there's oh. a lot of hops in this. I'm glad this is like I'm this one stabs me in the face with a soldering iron. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed <laughs> it's it. It's crazy. I'm giving it a three five. Three five. Yeah, I'll give it a four. I think. See, I can't even do this seriously with a walking voice. I can't. I just start thinking about. I start thinking about what I'm gonna say. I mean, say, come on, come on. It doesn't come, come out as natural. Like it doesn't come out like a normal yeah. review. So, um, I'd actually give it a. I give it a four. It's not the best tasting. It's it's a little. It's a little bitey for the alcohol content. I like the fact that it's not super sweet. The taste is right. It's it's hard because the that's taste why is, I, I, that's why I give it probably a four. The taste is fine, but like it like hurts when, like when you drink it. It's like it's like I'm gonna hurt you on the way down. I'm like, like, I, I don't get that sip, at all. One more sip. I've been, but then again, I've been drinking IPAs all night, so maybe this seems lighter. That's probably why I call yeah, it. Yeah, if Pilsner. it was if it was a little less sweet, I would <laughs> give it a higher rating, like maybe like a four point two, but. It's, it's a good balance, though. It's it's pretty well balanced. Yeah, I think it's. I would have to. I would agree with you on a four. The thing is, is my issue with IPAs is the ones that you drink it and it just like hangs out, like it won't oh. go away. It's got that taste. That taste. Yeah, it's yeah. Best, it and sticks it's like, to your leave mouth. me alone. This one, it doesn't have that. It's like I just you drank... get it and it's gone. Like there's no. Yeah, the IPA where you just drank grass. Yeah, pretty much. You know, it's a dangerous IPA <laughs> because for some reason every time I drink it, it's like. It's almost like drinking an ice water when you're thirsty. This stuff is so good and it's so balanced, but it's so strong. Uh, Wachusett's Larry. Okay. It Larry. is like the epitome of like the strongest but most balanced IPA you can pretty much fucking drink. Like, yeah, I, so I, uh, well I, di- I dig the Larry juice. I truthfully spit so out just, a Larry juice. Are you today. thinking of the Wally I haven't juice? Had the, you might be thinking of Wally Juice. I don't juice. think they have a Larry Juice. Yeah, it's Wally Juice. It's Wally. If they have Wally a Larry Juice, juice and I, yeah, uh, that's probably right. Larry, Larry mm. tastes like straight liquid oh. hops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I literally just, dumped one out in the sink today. I'm not even lying. It, it just, oh, I bought a multi pack and I had two beers that were awesome and then a Larry that was gross. You could have totally brought those to me. Yeah, right? If you right want them, you can have them. I got two more in my fridge and I'm I'm right up the street. I'll give them to you. But oh, out of that multi pack, I got the new beer from Wachusett called Glory. <laughs> have you guys had that yet? No, no. Five and a half percent. It's a it's an American IPA and it goes down like a pilsner. It's so smooth. See, I'm not a big. I, half the reason I drink the um, see like the whole hoppy thing. Apparently, you're not big on that. I'm huge on it. Yeah. So I just. I'm, I'm not. I'm not world. against hops. I just don't like when they punch you me like, in the throat. Yeah, you don't like too. too I like the prominent. stick figure. That's fair. Oh. That one's really good. The coconut we did that I haven't one. tried the coconut, that one. The coconut, like, fruity one, sort of, kind of? Yeah, the sick figure came out. That one's like, really amazing. good. Like, it, like surprisingly <laughs> amazing, because, like, I, I don't love coconut. Yeah, no. I'm not a huge... Oh, remember that? What was that? The Kona... You got Kona in there, buddy. You got uh. in there. The one that <laughs> tastes like suntan lotion? Uh. <laughs> oh, 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 Lord. 
Oh my man. god, my sister had some um, mm. some hand sanitizer that was like that. That freaking wicked strong coconut like... hand sanitizer is probably the same as Kona oh, Pina Colada. It was, it was so bad, dude. Like I had that. I used same it, effect, and same then taste. I washed my hands to get the smell off. To, t- to take a crazy. joke from Dimitri Martin, the idea <clears throat> of coconut hand soap is good unless you're washing your hands after cleaning your coconut. Because then you're kind of like, did I make any progress here? <laughs> All right, so we have a we have a lot of thank yous to give out. One, thank you for anybody that like was like listening live. Like, thank you, mucho gracias. Thank you for the comments. Thanks, Brad, and Harold, and uh, and Sophie, right? Sophie, yeah, Sophie. Thank you. No, I don't. I don't actually know if Jake is still here, but Jake Hawkins is actually like somebody I would actually like to get on here because he's a. Uh, <laughs> professional comedian and he loves heavy metal so and he's beer. actually he's a musician as well so he'd be a good he'd be a good mix on here because mm-hmm. he knows he knows a, a good right. deal and, about music in general and if he can't make us laugh like i mean we're fucked <laughs> um so thank you to uh the live audience thank you to tc for just randomly reaching out and saying yo bro i'm coming over tonight good stuff <laughs> like 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 what time? He's like super late. Just get here. <laughs> uh, just come much. now. It's fine. Like whatever. But in all seriousness, like you've been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for uh, oh, yeah, thank you. us. I had a good time. The um oh, yeah. the next time we bring TC on, he's gonna play music for you. Yep. Heavy metal over a TC pack. Yeah, we'll 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 do we'll do another episode and like we'll 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 actually arrange it that way he can be prepared. Yeah, maybe we can advertise. Yeah. Or something. there you go. Like he he can be prepared for it and like he can actually play and like we're gonna say, dude, we want to hear the TC originals. If you want to throw on, I did I did send you those MP3s. If you want to throw on something, I saw them. Yeah, next time. Yeah, All right, cool. We'll do it. Sounds good to me. That'd yeah, definitely. Good. But um, you're right. Let's make it more. Uh, let's make it more planned. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah, Sounds I mean, like a good time. But for today, <laughs> like, think. But I mean, fucking, thanks for hanging out, man. I mean, yeah, good stuff. Absolutely, great content. Yeah, we invited you back a second time. That's usually a good. You're a welcome good, back. Here. A good sign. You can <laughs> come hang out in the studio here. anytime. Other than that, I'll hand it over to Dave, and like he'll carry you home. Well, kids. <laughs> this is heavy metal over a six pack if you are in fact a kid we do not encourage you underage drinking however if you enjoy craft beers and metal music this is the only place where you can get local national and international rock metal and beer reviews heavy metal over six pack dave marcus and anthony with our guest star tc we're signing off for the night thank you so much for tuning in we will catch you next time you'd almost say adios You'd almost think he rehearsed that. Almost. But I haven't. I DJed for years. I can, I can, <laughs> feel, it. I can feel it. All right. Peace out. Later bye, Facebook bye. Live. Yes, bye, Facebook Or, or whatever Goodbye. that is. Love I you. Don't, I don't even know. I don't like Night. these cans. That is the end of this episode. Thank you for tuning in to another exciting episode of Heavy Metal Over a Sick Back Podcast. Marcus, Dave, and Anthony signing off. Check out the podcast at hmoa6pack.automatic.net. Email hmoa6pack at gmail.com. Like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.